is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, The Monty Show uh, on National Championship Monday nights, Michigan and Washington for the college football playoff final tonight. Cannot wait. Michigan remains a five and a half point favorite. And the question of the day is Jim Harbaugh. Are the Michigan Wolverines the villains of college football? We've got it all covered for you today. We've got SMU broke as going to the ACC. You know, I think we told you there were going to be unintended consequences. We'll talk about that. We have got new tapes today. It's all good. The Monty Show is always presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. And and I just can't implore you enough. Do not wait until you have been in a wreck. Do not wait until you get hurt at work. Have it in your phone. Have it on the top of your mind. Theadvocates.com, where you never pay out of pocket to talk to an attorney. There are no consultation fees There are no retainers. In fact, you can chat with an attorney live online right now, and it won't cost you a dime. Theadvocates.com, where you do not pay unless and until the advocates win your case. Theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it. On the Monty Show, we have got Michigan versus Washington. The number is up to five and a half for the Wolverines. And I can't help but believe the storyline in most people's minds, especially if you are rocking the Huskies tonight, is that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan are villains. You may even call them cheaters. What I tell you is players make plays, and this is a discussion for another day. But it is unbelievably difficult to put out of your mind that Jim Harbaugh is a villain. I don't think there's any doubt about that, whether it is the way that he has handled the level one allegations, whether it is recruiting during the COVID period or sign-stealer guy It almost doesn't matter. Jim Harbaugh seems to find himself in the middle of controversy, especially since he has walked on campus at Michigan. First, it's that he was not winning enough. He wasn't winning big games. Now he's winning too much and doing it the wrong way. Jake, is Jim Harbaugh the ultimate college football villain? Yeah, you know, I think Jim is, uh, you know, he's personified the role. I think Jim Harbaugh, you know, loves the game and and to be a villain, you got to really appreciate, you know, being in that role. And I think he does. I think he likes being in the center of the the media narrative. He likes the us against the world thing. He likes, you know, his, his assistant coaches crying on the field while he was allegedly suspended, but still in the building. Like, you know, like he loves this game, this scheme, this this type of environment. And so, yeah, I do think he's the ultimate villain in college football. I mean, we've had, you know, some guys over the years that have kind of played that role, but Jim has kind of taken it to a new level. You know, when you, when you have a, 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 you know, a combination of, you know, COVID dark period violations now, along with sign stealer guy activity, you know, along with winning games, I think you, you have the perfect recipe to be a villain in college football, which is why tonight is such an important moment in Jim Harbaugh's coaching career. Because after tonight, 
Who knows if he ever coaches another college football game in his career, whether that's by rule or choice, I don't know. Do you buy that? Oh, I think he's going to the league 100%. I think this is the last time we'll see him on a college football sideline for the next five years. I, I think he's gone. Yeah, and we reported exclusively last week, uh, Thursday, I believe it was, that the uh, L.A. Chargers, who used to be in San Diego when they had class and resembled an actual NFL team, now play at the Rams' house in Los <laughs> Angeles. Uh, they have significant interest and in, intend to pursue Jim Harbaugh. Now, that was just us reporting that, the two hacks on YouTube. Right. The days before this afternoon when Adam Schefter at ESPN reported that uh, the San Diego Chargers fully intend to request an interview with Jim Harbaugh to be their next head coach. Uh, I would tend to agree with you. I think it's a for foregone conclusion. This is Jim Harbaugh's last game as a head football coach at Michigan because I believe he will be a top candidate for just about any job that's open. Um, and who knows, is the New England job open? Is the Dallas job open? Certainly, we already know that there's a great possibility the Las Vegas Raiders job could be open, the Chicago Bear job, like places where Jim Harbaugh seemingly would be a good fit. There are no better places than Los Angeles with the Chargers, who have a young quarterback that's under contract for the foreseeable future that needs development. Jim Harbaugh is your ultimate quarterback developer guy. And I think Jimmy knows that he is going to face a long suspension at Michigan. And just to fly be so, I think he's looking at between a full eight games and a full year next season of a suspension from the NCAA. And I think he knows that this is his final, you know, the final uh, verse of his redemption song, if, if you will. And I think whether he goes to the NFL or not, it doesn't matter tonight because tonight, uh, justifiably so, is all about the national championship of college football. And here's the other thing I think is really important. I hope that most people watching this show will agree. Tonight's about the players because the, the thing that's lost in all of this Jim Harbaugh politics and drama, the players made the plays on the field. The players won their games. The players at Michigan were better than the players at Alabama. The players are 14-0. The players have a chance to write history for themselves. And it, it doesn't matter what you think about sign stealing. Sign stealing wasn't an issue against Alabama. Sign stealing won't be an issue tonight. Good plays by great players are going to determine the outcome of this game. And Jake, I think if you're asking me right now, I actually think you have to lean towards the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, and I think the reason for that is the run game. I I think that, you know, whether you're a Michigan hater, a Michigan supporter, if you're just kind of blase about them, like you understand that Michigan strength offensively is running the football. And I think as much as, you know, America's favorite vacuum salesman, you know, can execute a jump cut, the reality of the situation is he typically has massive holes to run through because that offensive line is getting the job done. And so the thing for Washington tonight is can you stop the run? If you're not going to stop the run, you might as well not show up because they are going to run the football quite a bit tonight, in my opinion. And I don't know why you wouldn't. Washington hasn't exactly been a dominant force against the run. They're much better playing zone, you know, pass protection. Like that's what they're, that's their defensive setup. They're much, they're very athletic. They're just better against the pass than they are against the run. So for Michigan, yeah, I think you're going to run the ball a lot. And I, and, and I do think the five and a half point number is pretty spot on. Not a touchdown favorite, but more than a field goal favorite, which I think is pretty fair based on the fact that you won against Alabama in overtime by touchdown. That seems pretty straightforward to me. So 
who do I think is going to win this ball game? I, I think if Washington can hold Michigan to, you know, three yards a carry, you know, if you can keep them just in a reasonable number, you're going to win the ball game. I think Washington's wide receivers are more athletic than those cornerbacks that Michigan have. Now, I also think it gives Washington a huge advantage that they have a quarterback that can put it in with pinpoint accuracy, 50 yards down the field on the sideline. This is, this is the best quarterback that Michigan has faced in the last two years. And I think when you look at what Michael Penix Jr. is, he's a guy who loves the moment. This is a guy that's won 21 straight games. I mean, that's not accidental. Right. And I I'm think when you look at, when you look at Michael Penix in this Washington team, let's not forget Utah was supposed to be the one. And then, Texas and Oregon or Oregon was going to be the one twice in a row and it didn't happen. And then Texas was going to be the one because Texas has the athletes and still they prevailed and won their 21st game in a row. This isn't a fluke. It's not an accident. Kalen DeBoer has done a great job. Michael Penix Jr. is the best player in college football. I think he's got the most diverse and talented wide receiver group in, in college football, bar none. I think that Washington is an incredibly gifted and talented football team. But here's the problem. They're terrible against the run. And the best vacuum salesman I've ever seen, Blake Corum, that's a cat that's very difficult to bring down if you're good against the run. And I think what we saw about from Alabama, a team that's good against the run, they couldn't stop him either. There's nothing that makes me believe that Blake Corum doesn't go for a hundo tonight. And the other part of this is I think this Michigan offensive line has a, a cross to bear because they know if they win their, their assignments tonight, they likely win the national championship. They likely go 15-0. and 0. They send Jim Harbaugh off with a golden parachute. They put all this sign-stealing talk to rest. It just doesn't matter because Michigan won the national championship. Thanks. And I believe that rests with the offensive line. They are bigger, better, and more physical. They are more athletic than what Washington will show in the front seven. And I think Blake Corum has to carry the mail. And frankly, he's a kid that makes plays. So I go back to what I said before. In these situations, players make plays. And Blake Corum's a player that makes plays. Now, free Harbaugh, he's never going to be a quarterback that's going to beat you on his own. That's just not the way he plays. Does he have enough weaponry on the outside? I don't know. They got to win on the ground. Keep Michael Penix Jr. on the sideline. That's reason number one to run the football. Reason number two, Blake Corm's probably your, your best offensive player. Reason number three, your offensive line, they're probably your second best offensive player. Facts. Run the football. Reason number three, hey, Washington doesn't stop the run very well. Run the football. That's the key tonight, and I think that's why I favor Michigan. Yeah, and, and, and I think that running the football, as we all know, allows you to control the game. I mean, I mean, even, you know, if you can run the football tonight and you can get, you know, again, whether it's corn for 100 yards or, you know, if you've got a, a combined rushing attack of 150, yep. 160, like well, however you want to look at it, like if they can just successfully run the football tonight, yeah, I do think you're taking possessions away from Michael Penix Jr. And I think that that's a lethal combination, which nobody's been able to do against Washington yet. And that's where I think Michigan's a little bit different. But I do think that we should not be selling Washington's passing attack short. I I, I think that 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 defense for Michigan is very good. That defensive line obviously showed its ability against Alabama. But I also think against Alabama, you were playing Jalen Milrow, a guy who is not even close to the quarterback that Michael Penix Jr. is. He's not a threat passing the way well, Michael Penix and this Jr. Is, is. This is the conversation 
uh, about Tulia Tungavailoa at Maryland, the, the greatest passer in the history of the Big Ten. Is that a guy that is as good as or as lethal as Michael Penix Jr.? And I don't believe that he's close. And I don't, and you guys know I've supported Jalen Milrow all season long. He's not a ready quarterback at this point. Michael Penix Jr. is by far the best quarterback that this squad's going to face. And I think the, the, the great unknown in this game is this Michigan secondary. How truly tested is this Michigan secondary? Were they tested by Marvin Harrison Jr.? Not with that quarterback, they weren't, right? I, I don't believe that this Michigan secondary has seen the diversity in schematics, the route combinations, the, the pre-snap reads that they are going to see. I, I just don't believe that you've seen that in if you're Michigan because you haven't played multiple opponents that are complex in their schematics. You haven't played multiple opponents that can have groupings and pairings that can run you three wide receivers, a tight end, and then throw it out of the backfield. That's something I don't think you've seen. And the other thing I think is so so concerning here if you're Michigan, what if you get pressure up front? And I'm not trying to be a jerk about this, but think this through. If Michigan gets pressure up front, doesn't that lead you to the best of Michael Penix Jr.? Because this is a cat. We saw it against Oregon twice. I think he took a pretty good lick in the Utah game. I think we saw him under pressure against Texas, and he thrives on it. He loves to, to climb the pocket and deliver an absolute dime over the shoulder. He's better under pressure than he is in open space. That's a fact. You look at his passer rating. You look at his accuracy numbers. Under pressure, Michael Penix gets better, not worse. So I'm curious, do you flood the zone instead of coming after Michael Penix Jr.? I think it's a fascinating question defensively because if you flood the zone, Will he run effectively? And if he runs, can you physically pound him? Because the one thing we know about Michael Penix, and this year he's been a little different this way, but the one thing we know about Michael Penix is you put a shoulder pad in that sternum and he is going to hesitate to run again. I think we've seen that during his time at Indiana, certainly. Well, he's a different player now. During his time, especially last season, when he took a licking, yeah, he kept on ticking but he ticked in the pocket and not outside of it. And I think it's a very interesting question with a mean-spirited something to prove Michigan defense. Is Michael Penix able to beat you with his legs? Well, I think Michigan's trying to do both. I think I think Michigan's trying to flood the zone and get pressure. I, I think Michigan's saying, yeah. okay, we're, gonna, we're just going to bring four standard pressure. I mean, I'm sure they'll mix in the occasional blitz or whatever, but I, I think... What you're going to see tonight is is four man rush off of that defensive line. Let those guys make plays, and then we're gonna we're gonna play a lot, a lot of nickel, a lot of lighter packages in the secondary. We want dudes out on the field that can run around, that can keep up, that can make plays, that can say, okay, it, it, can we take? Because another thing that Penix does really well is he he hits the sideline route exceptionally well down the field. So are you going to force him to play the middle? Are you gonna say, okay, we're we're gonna double cover this guy and force you that way? Like that's what that's what I'm saying with Michigan's defense. This isn't as standard as, hey, yeah, Jalen Milrow can run a little bit and he can he'll break our secondaries back a couple times and get some first downs that maybe, you know, we we wouldn't want to give up uh through the air. Yes. He'll run for those. Yes. But, but but the thing is, is is they didn't really have to respect the 50 yard bomb 
to McMillan or a Dunze or, you know, whoever it's going to be this time. Like, is a Dunze better than Marvin Harrison Jr.? I, it's close. I mean, I think it sounds ridiculous on paper, but then you start looking at it and you're like, wow, these two are actually pretty close. I think that's a huge question because the other thing you have to remember is this Michigan secondary, they're good. On paper, man, they look like the world is the world is their oyster and you're living in their secondary. I think they're a good secondary. And I I'm I'm curious because I I think and again, I know I say this every single time we talk about Washington football, but Jalen Polk, I think and and probably Jack Westover as well. They're probably the two most important offensive figures in this game outside of Michael Penix. Thanks. Because I, I think Roma Dunzi is going to get all the coverage he wants, the all the attention, all of it. And I, I think you look at the way that they, Michigan, went after Alabama. The difference here is Michigan attacked Jalen Milrow. Did they attack the wide receivers? They did not. They did not. They played press coverage. But this is the worst core of Alabama receivers I think we've seen in a decade because all them dudes are in the NFL. This, you're not going to, if you are Michigan, to be you are not going to be able to press man against Washington, and you are not going to be able to get after the quarterback's ass repeatedly because Michael Penix Jr. moves in the pocket as well as any quarterback playing football. Spatial awareness, dude. NFL or college. I, I don't, there is not a quarterback in the NFL that moves better than Michael Penix in the pocket. That visually now is he facing linebackers? Okay, Grady plays call. I get it. This cat moves well in the pocket, and there are few, and maybe Tua Tonga Vailoa is the best example. There are a few who have quick twitch mechanics the way that Michael Penix Jr. does. And that's going to be my question. I cannot wait. I am fascinated by it. It's going to be on 37 different ESPN platforms tonight. And I'd be really surprised, really, really surprised if this game, I think what the, the number is 55 and a half. I'd be shocked if it goes over. Shocked. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the Michigan defense, obviously, you know, is is going to ball out tonight. But, but I, I don't know. I just, this is one of those games where if you're an elite quarterback, you find a way here. You're you're gonna you're gonna figure out what they're doing to you early in the game. Obviously, you're gonna go through the first couple of possessions, and you're gonna be like, "All right, we understand what they're trying to do. This is what this is. This is the confusing part. Like he's gonna understand." But the question's going to be, can they continue to hit on those deep shots? Because it's not as though those are easy plays. It's not like those are just gimme five yards down the field. I mean, they're winning ball games by hitting the 15-yard crosser, then the 50-yard down the field, then we're going to run for three yards and take another shot. Like, that's how Washington wins games. So yeah. the question is, to your point, can they sack him, or is it going to be a thing where he's putting on a show inside the pocket and you're seeing a bunch of missed tackles right around his feet and he's completing a bunch of passes? I I'm telling you, that's truly where this game is decided. Because we know, I think we can confidently say, everybody can say, hey, Michigan's going to run the football effectively tonight. I think we can all agree on that. We'd be surprised if it was anything different. They're going to run the football tonight. But the question is, can Michigan or can Washington, with Penix and that core of wide receivers, complete at the rate they've been completing? Because if they do, it's going to be a very close game. Does Washington play fast enough to beat Michigan? Man, I think that's a huge question because I felt like Alabama, 
Much to their brand was a plodding, methodical elephant walking down the middle of the field mm-hmm. on its own leisure. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I felt Alabama was was slow. Oh, they tried to be methodical. Let's run the ball into the A-gap. Please, God, do not let Washington run the ball into the MFing A-gap. Please, not one. <laughs> do not call one run into the A-gap because you're just wasting your time. Yeah. You have to run the football. Totally agree with that. But with Johnson injured and and questionable here, I I think and and I know you guys. Oh, I checked not money and checked ninety percent of the snaps in practice, bro. You tell me. So what does that get him through the first quarter? Are, are you really are you really telling me that Dylan Johnson's a guy you think is ninety percent of himself? There ain't a player on this field that'll be ninety percent of themselves. It's freaking January eighth. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me he's 60 percent of himself. This guy, there, there are reports that he's got a fractured foot. Come on, man. If he truly has a fractured foot, and, and I, he'll play, I, I think you could cut his foot off and he'll still play because that's what these kids do. You know, but this is 31 24 Michigan. And I, I, I just don't know. I don't know how to, I can't find myself believing. I can't find myself going over 55 and a half. Not with this, no. not with these two defenses. And, and I think it would take a special performance by Penix to go over 55 for sure. If the, it, it, and it may be, I'll, I'll stick with my Thursday, Friday prediction. Whoever scores 31st wins the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause, and if this game goes over, mm, if this game goes over, you gotta like Washington. You gotta like Washington. I think it's going to be really close. I, 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 Michigan will control the clock. Now, they did that against Alabama, and Alabama still ran more plays. But at the end of the day, Alabama was one play behind Michigan. Couldn't snap the football. We're not going to see that with Washington. So again, I can see Washington win the game. And tomorrow, don't come in here and say, Mountie won too many pizza puffs, fat ass. <laughs> you got it confused, bro. I'm not getting it confused. I can see a way that Washington wins this game. So get your facts straight. I can't see a way, you mullet-wearing freak, that <laughs> that this I'm goes over. I can't see this being a 60-64 point game. I can't. I don't know, dude. I don't know that Free Harbaugh is a good enough quarterback to score 30 points on his own. Right. But what if I said, hey, Coram's going to have three touchdowns in this game and Penix is going to have, you know, 350 yards, four touchdowns. Like, you never know. I I mean, there's no, like, we don't know how good you are until you play the best defense in college football, which is Michigan right now. And and that's why I'm saying, like, I, I agree. I think Michigan has a better chance of winning this game than Washington for sure. But I'm definitely not going to sit here and say, wow, like, there's no way Washington's winning this one. Yeah, there absolutely is a way Washington can win this yeah. one. Slow them down for on certain. the ground, like, hold them to three and a half, four yards maybe. Don't allow the 80-yard quorum run. That's all you got to do. And then your offense has to be him tonight. You've got to be... On schedule, third and three, not third and nine. You know, play, be aggressive on first down, right? Take your shots down the field and then have really good, smart, effective play calling. Because that's the other thing in the Alabama game. There were so many times where I was like, dude, they're not stopping you if you just run the ball outside. Run the ball into the flat, 
maybe maybe a little disguise, maybe a little reverse pivot, whatever, but running into the flats, you were getting four or five yards a pop. But Jake, and, can we get emotional together? Uh, hang on one sec, one sec. Can, can okay. we get... Can we talk about Scam Newton? Tim Tebow. <laughs> Vince Young. Forks up. Can we talk about... The great run by washcloth master Deshaun Watson. Trevor Lawrence and that flipping huge forehead. Five head. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> Is Michael Penix that quarterback? Yes, yes, yes. That will put the entire team in a wheelbarrow and just push them down the field to victory. I'm the real. Because we get it once every couple of years, man. And I'm telling you now, Free Harbaugh ain't that quarterback for nah. Michigan. He's not that nope. dude. He 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 is not that dude. But man, if you think about if you think about what Joe Burrow meant to El or excuse me, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. If you think about Joseph what Lee Burrow meant to LSU, he was the whole world. And he had great wide receivers. Who's that sound like? Well, an elite quarterback. Should have won the Heisman. And he's got elite wide receivers. Man, I wish there was a team in the college football playoff this year that had that setup because we'd know who was going to win the win the game. Tell me Michael Penix Jr. doesn't fit the profile. I want the best people. And tell me Michigan does not. Because usually when we get that sexy-ass sports car running down the middle of the field like Michael Penix will... <laughs> They win the game, but I think I'm, I, I, I am more, I am more willing to go with Michigan and, and listen, if you're a betting man, your bread should be money line, Michigan. I'm not betting spreads money line, Michigan. That's the play tonight, right? Mm -hmm. That to me, that's the play tonight. I am not here to bet against the defense because <laughs> I think, I think that the head coach of the Los Angeles chargers has defense put together a very good football team that has two really good coordinators, and I think the defense is going to come through tonight. 30, stalwartness. 31-24 Michigan. That's, I, I can't get away from the under on this game. And I get it. I'm stupid. I don't know anything. And <laughs> I, 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 read, I read my comments on, on YouTube, and, you know, I get it. Every Michigan fan thinks I'm a fraud. Well, here I am, Michigan fan. I'm picking Michigan. That means Washington's going to win. We know how this game is played. Yeah. Should we hit the box shot before we make our final yeah, predictions? Yeah, I think it's it's dude. It's we're 27 minutes in the program. We can't be making final predictions yet. Come on. No, I'm I, I you're not getting me off 31-24 Michigan. I, that was just a bridge to get to the greatest energy shot you've ever had in your life. Make me the argument that Michigan's defense can't handle Washington's offense. No. I don't know. And so, okay, well, oh, you agree with me. Okay, then make me the, the argument that this defensive line will not inflict damage on Michael Penix Jr. tonight. And those, like, okay, so if we say, Washington, this is the best offense that Michigan's defense has played, and they're going to be better than Michigan's defense. Okay, well, then here's my other question. Who's the best offensive player at Michigan? Like it, it's it's Eureka Boy. I, 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 tell me I'm wrong. Eureka Boy, right? It it, it is absolutely Sharknado guy. Beckins are my thing.
I'm out of vacuum names. Eureka, Shark. Anyway, Blake Hoover. Horn. Hoover is their best <laughs> offensive player. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> Blake Corum, Balake, is the best offensive player at Michigan. Mm -hmm. He plays running back, and he plays it well. As undersized and mighty as he is, Washington does not play the run well at all. Can you measure it? At, they, now, you want a, a, a couple of players that can get after the quarterback's ass? Absolutely, you're, you're Washington Huskies. But I'm telling you, Penix is as good as anyone at making someone miss in the pocket. How many times was he standing there like a statue and, and Texas' defensive line was like, yep, I got him. And then all of a sudden, he deked you, and you were on your ass, and he was 50 yards down the field. That's what this guy does. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I truly believe Penix's shiftiness in the pocket is as good as their defensive line is at getting home. And that's what the national championship of college football should be about. Your best player versus our best player Who's going to get the job done? And that's truly what I believe we have tonight. And by the way, and we're going to get to Florida State later on and all that nonsense. By the way, <laughs> they got it right. The college football playoff committee once again delivered. They got it right. The why two do you best say, teams are Why playing. do you say stupid stuff like that? We all know that SMU got screwed out of the college football playoff. Oh, wait, that's later. And they weren't in the cop, but it's... That's bullshit. Unintended consequences. Um, I think... <sighs> Listen, I think Washington's very good. I think Braylon Trice and that defense will get after the quarterback, and all that's fine and, and dandy. Explain to me how you put up because if they score 30, they'll score 35. Mm -hmm. How do you put up 35 on Michigan's defense? Because I know how to get, get to 30. Them. That's how you I, run by them. Well, that secondary is very good at not getting beat deep. I was is that not what we said about Texas? It, it is. Texas but, is one of the fastest secondaries right, in the country. But Texas always had coverage issues, right? I think we all can agree their secondary wasn't tight. This Michigan defense wants you to be in front of them so that they can drill you into the ground like a manhole cover. Like, they're coming for that ass. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I'm Michigan, nobody's getting behind me, and I am going to physically – I am going to beat you into the turf. Like, I am going to leave your DNA in Houston. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to leave that so that I have more room for the championship trophy. Like they're going to physically pound Washington. Can Washington stand? I, I cannot wait to find out Yeah, I can't wait to find out. All right, let's hit the buck shot. Bucked up energy, the official energy provider of the Monty show. Let's uh, sit up straight in the chair. Whoo, shake it up. All right. Uh, back on the blue Raz run. We've told you guys, this is the greatest energy supplement you're ever going to use. Stop doing the five-hour energy. Stop doing all of this nonsense where, what's the main ingredient? It's something you can't pronounce. Because you guys, when you look at what Buckshot is, it is elite ingredients that make an elite product that does exactly what it says it's going to do. It gives you what I think is really critical, which is naturally sourced caffeine. You're getting green tea leaf extract, which is a natural caffeine. So it gives you natural energy. You're not getting chemicals to create a reaction, right? Not, you know, things made in the laboratory. No, no. You get brain food and green tea leaf extract to give you that natural mental rise. Finish the TPS report, dude. Hey, maybe you're a day trader, a tri-day trading. You need to lock in for these last two hours. Buckshot. It's going to give you that mental lift. There's no crash. There's no spike. It just does what it says it's going to do. And as we prepare 
to disappoint SMU fans across the world, I say cheers to you, friends. <laughs> you laugh. It's not the SMU fans are going to be disappointed. But get it right now, buckedup.com. Use the promo code MONTY20. Monty to get 20% off at checkout. Promo code Monty to get 20% off at checkout. And hey, you guys asked for it. And I appreciate everybody who went and got your uh, your links. Uh, click the babe links in the description below. Bucked Up has an entire line for women that's called Babe. And it is everything that women need to be at their best, to be healthy, to work out, to train. Everything from greens to creatine, you name it, Bucked Up's got it for your girl or your gal. Get it in the link in the description below. There's a great sampler pack. And I, I know we all talk about ourselves and we're dudes and we want to be awesome. But you look at this this um, this babe pack, it's nine sample packets and a, a contoured shaker for 10 bucks. They'll send it right to your front door. Click the link in the description below. Bucked up, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. All right, before we rip, I mean, talk about SMU. Now, last Friday, I was a little disappointed in the comments section. You know, it wasn't your guys' best work. So can we please do just a little bit better today? What do you mean you were disappointed? It just, you know, we just didn't have good flow. You but, know? dude, we're we're 600 subscribers away from 50,000. Yeah, and we haven't even announced what we're giving away for 50,000 yet. Like, you should subscribe. It's going to be good. You guys want to know what we're giving away for 50000 or you don't care? Okay, you don't care. It, it, fine, listen, fine. we were going to tell you, but like since that. you don't care, it's fine. Nobody said boo. Yeah, Matt Ritson for $2. <laughs> um, Okay. Uh, it's tequila time. Washington beats Michigan 34-28. Let's go. So it's a shootout. Are you rooting for Jim Harbaugh to lose? Yes. Yeah, me too. Uh, Tanner Plummer, a member for one year. Okay, hold on. All right. Tanner Plummer, let's go, my guy. Even though you're a miserable Philadelphia Eagles fan, please. But how could you blame them, dude? They're going to go out in the first round. We all know that. Come on. Whatever. Washington beats the Weefence 35-31. Mark it down. So we have ESPN on, on the uh, old television here in the background, running all kinds of stats about how Washington's got the number one offensive line in the country. So that's what I'm saying. This is everything you ever wanted in a college football playoff national championship they're, game. They're, they're going. It's the best of the best. Bro, it's great you have the best offensive line in football. Stay hard. That defensive line at, at Michigan. Did, uh, when, uh, it, yeah, Mom, Monty hates like, Michigan. Are you a Michigan guy now? Monty like, hates, hell, we dude? all know Monty hates Michigan. He's yeah, ignoring dude. lies and telling the truth. That means like, he hates Michigan. Dude, when did you become a Michigan slurper? I'm just, hey, it's what I do. All I'm saying is it that Michigan defensive front is, it's unbelievable. What's wrong with you? The, the only thing that I can say contrary to that Michigan defensive front, if now Ohio State center McLaughlin had snapped the ball, mm -hmm. we're not having this conversation because it would be Alabama versus Washington. But in fairness, in fairness, all year long, we've said, hey, no looking back. No, That's you know, right. 
no no quarterback couching or whatever. No like, sign stealer no, guy conversation yeah, on the Monty show here. Not, no, you know, I mean, we would never do that. So we never talk know. about Jim Harbaugh, the new coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Excellent strategy. Sir. I, I mean, we would never talk we about would never talk about how iconic it is to burn down one of the most prestigious you know, programs in the country only to leave for the NFL. Or or we would never say that the FBI was on campus investigating computer crimes. Not on this show. Not today, certainly. It's a wee fence. Yeah, it's a wee fence. We know they waxed their body here in Ann Arbor. We're not not doing that on this show. Okay. America's team. Anybody check the bottom lip? Anybody check the bottom lip? Look at that. Jay Toffa, the best barber in, in the world. Cause if, shit's going good. And if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that yeah, thing get whacked. You just seen it, dude. I made it. I made a personal sacrifice no, for the did. program, dude. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Apollo, uh, the college portal out of control. It should not open till the college season is over. Why, dude? I'm not here for portal talk today. Can, can we focus on a ball game, please? I play the funeral because music. the guys over here ruining the energy. You're you're in here and. Thank you for tipping to do it. You're in here talking about how how the portal's ruining the game. Yeah, okay, why, why is the portal ruining this game? Fine, cool. Stay over there crying about it. I don't I'm, disagree with you that there should be a smaller, more definitive portal window, and there should be two of them. One as soon as the college football season ends, and then the last day of spring football. We have every day besides today to talk about how crappy the portal is. He wasn't done, by the way. Oh. He said uh, NIL deals should force all players to play all games. <laughs> so, okay, you want them out there on crutches. I understand. You know, uh, I think that kids should take the money and play as little football as they have to play. But and I'm not even joking. A check for half a milli. And you could not play. You're telling me that you would still play. Come on. Well, I I I watched back to back yesterday uh, because it was snowing like a madman. Yesterday morning, Mrs. Monty hey, and Monty. I watched the Deion Sanders uh, Prime Video Show again. Mm-hmm. Shador Do Sanders. Do you believe? So Shador Sanders got hurt at the end of the year. He shouldn't get paid his NIL money. Come on, come on now. TJ Beck, Kalen DeBoer not signed his extension with UW. Where is he going? Michigan, the NFL, yet to be seen. The ink isn't dry yet. Yet to be seen. Yet to be seen. I don't think we know. I don't think he knows. The eye patch. Breaking news. Harbaugh to be Raiders next head coach. Yeah, they have a head coach and he's not going anywhere. My fucking ass. So we'll see. Yeah, I I would disagree with that. I would disagree with that. Uh Bailey Dietrich says shark dirt dirt devil. Okay. Dirt Duffel, devil. Yeah, Boston Mapes. Nothing sells like a good old Kirby vacuum cleaner. For real. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, Swiffer. Swiffer doesn't make a vacuum. Does Wait, it? do they? No. Swiffer's not in the vacuum business, dude. No, they're in the hardwood floor with liquid and cloth and stuff. Oh, excuse me. They're in the vac mop business. The vac? Okay. Bro, the Swiffer <laughs> vac mop. Okay. This is too far now. Stop it. Uh, Boyd Lake, Rainbow. Is Rainbow a vacuum? Okay. And Donut says Dustbuster. Yes. Uh, Kirby Corum. I like it. Dyson. Yes, Keaton Critchlow. There you go. Dyson. Stay hard. Long timer Keaton Critchlow coming up with Dyson. Boyd Lake, Simplicity. Matt Ritson, Eureka. UW fan, Jim. Texas had so much speed. We had to back off. No disrespect to Michigan, but the dogs can't. Uh, can cheat up more in this one. Uh, 
I think the problem with cheating up more in this one is you're way more susceptible to big plays. And while I agree that Free Harbaugh is not a guy that I'm worried about beating you down the field, you better stop the run. You better stop the run. And it'd be nice if you could stop the run out of base because if you have to bring guys down, that's where Michigan starts beating you. Yep. So, hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Capazzo, my guy, what's up? Monty, don't forget Dyson Rainbow Filter Queen. Damn. Windsor Kirby Ricard. Ricard, okay. There are so many you should be able to do. Uh, you should be able to go for days. I'm a, I'm a Dyson vacuum guy. Uh, like, I know black and we have a black and Decker like for our little office space. Oh, mini vac. You know, it's fine. Uh, Joseph Carruthers, Penix has shown he doesn't always need to the receivers to beat the DBs. No, he doesn't. Excellent. Excellent underthrow. Excellent back shoulder fade thrower. I agree. Mike Smith, what's up, Mountain Mama? Good to see you. Uh, Texas had a damn had a damn stout active D line. They did. They did. And I think it got to. I think it got to, and this is my biggest concern, Dylan Johnson who was down writhing in pain in that game and only averaged 2.3 yards a carry. That's a, that's a little concerning. So I'm saying, dude, this is the game we deserve. It's a phenomenal, probably the best defensive line in college football against the best offensive line in college football against what I would say is the best quarterback in college football. Yeah. And how many sacks did Texas have? Not a single one. So, I don't disagree with that, but I think Texas also ran for 180 yards, uh, and they did it really with with Baxter Blue and 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 Quinn Ewers. Mm-hmm. But what did Washington do to Quinn Ewers? They punished that ass. <laughs> they hit Quinn Ewers. I, I that's why I said I'm not. I, I am certainly not sitting here married to my 31-24 Michigan. But it's the best score that I could come up with. I'm pretty formulaic when it comes to picking games. And I think Michigan will be able to carry the clock because they run the ball. And so I don't see, I mean, if you take two possessions away running the football, if you consistently have seven, eight minute drives, that's really damaging to Washington. And Michigan against Alabama, which is a pretty good secondary, and admittedly Michigan did a really nice job with pre-snap disguise and it confused Alabama secondary. And I, I'm, I mean, you, you look at, you look at the big plays across the middle. I think that's what Washington has to avoid because I, I think I look at, I look at the way that Washington defended Texas and I, you give Braylon Trice that edge and you let him control that side. I thought he did a really good job of being disciplined. I thought he did a really good job at times reading what Texas was trying to do. And he stayed home uh, to keep an edge. I think that's going to be really important because Blake Corum is a guy that's got elite footwork and he loves nothing more than to, to plant a foot and cut back through a, an undisciplined open gap. Mm-hmm. And he loves nothing more than to get to that linebacker because there's not a linebacker one on one in this country that I think can tackle uh, Balake. Now, I, I truly don't. And all the jokes about, hey, he's a little smaller, like, you know, he's 
not a prototypical size running back. That I think that actually works in his advantage. I, I mean, you you start to understand just how strong he is for his size, yes. and he's quick. So good luck tackling a guy that is smaller than you. So his pad level is definitely going to be lower than yours just starting out. He's quicker than you. So I guess I'm just sitting here saying, okay, if we let's assume, let's just assume, hey, Michigan's going to run for a hundo tonight. No, just book it. Like, just write it down. That's happening. Okay, so they're going to be averaging seven, eight-minute drives. That basically means that Washington is going to get, they're going to have to go, you know, what, 80% success rate on their drives? Yeah, I at mean, least. You're going to have to score, you know, probably five or seven or, you know, however many drives. You're going to have to score 10 or 12 or whatever it winds up being. Like, you're going to have to score at a really high rate in this game. And, by the way, it would be nice if you if you turned Michigan over once. I have to say that, too. If if they can find an interception in the secondary, that would be huge because we saw that in the Texas game, and Penix ate them alive for turning it over. So if you can turn them over, too, I think that really helps. But again, I just think this is a really difficult game when you really are honest about this game, whether it's whether you look at the line, line play, you look at the quarterback situation, you look at, at, at the advantage Michigan has running the ball, you look at the athleticism on both sides of the ball outside. Like these are two pretty evenly matched teams, but then you start looking at the grit and the want to out of Michigan's defense. Well, and that's the overcomer so far. So I don't know. I, I just I, I don't know. I really believe it comes down to what kind of Michigan team do we get tonight? Because if we get the same one we got against Alabama, which I would guess we would, I think they're probably gonna win the game. But Again, it's, I I just feel silly saying something like, yeah, well, Michael Penix Jr. isn't going to throw for 300 yards in this game. I find that hard to believe, dude. Really, I hard find to it very hard to believe. I, I, I we'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. I, I don't know. I, I just, yeah. It's tough for me, man. Like, it, it is, hmm, yeah. Uh, Boyd Lake, if it's a shootout, Huskies win. Uh, Derek Warner says, if Washington can hold Michigan under 100 yards, they win. Well, I think that's a really good point. It's really that's going to be because hard to do. Dude. If you hold that, if you hold Michigan under a hundred yards rushing, they can't con control the clock. I think that's an impossibility. And just looking at some of Michigan's numbers, I mean, you're looking at you're looking at a situation where Michigan. I'm not going to say Michigan runs at. It's saying Michigan runs at will is a little much, but I think when you look at a 14 and 0 football team. What did they put up total? Um, they're in totality against Alabama. They, man, my computer's slow right now. Uh, they ran for 130 yards rushing. And Alabama had 172. And it was 32 attempts, 4.1 yards a carry. The other thing that I think is really important here is how many, how many penalties does Michigan take? Because that would... They have been, I think, very disciplined in their biggest games. Like, if you go back to the Ohio State game and you start looking at those the team stats in that game, um, they ran for 156 yards, and they only had three penalties for 34 yards. Like, they don't take a lot of stupid penalties, right? And, but that 156 yards, again, 39 attempts, four yards of carry. Man, if you can get four yards of carry, five yards of carry, is elite four yards of carry is awfully good. Like if you can get 150 yards rushing now, Ohio state's defense, I don't believe, um, played their best game. 
I, I, I just think that Lloyd Carr had a very bad game coaching Ohio State that day. What, you don't like the Lloyd Carr reference? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Mike Smith, bucked up and buckshot are great names for that product. Babe, not so much. Well, it is specifically tailored for women. So I think I think it tells you exactly what it is, right? Uh, Kevin the Destroyer says, uh, contoured for her pleasure. He's talking about the... Uh, I'd be better. The babe cup. Well, what's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. What do you mean, be we better? We know where they're going with this. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I would never know such, you know, terrible thoughts and stuff. Uh, Drew Christensen, a member of the show for six months. Drew. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Drew. Best part of this game will be the ribs I'm making. Why, Drew? Why tell dude, me that? What are you doing, man? Come on. I, dude, I am a huge fan of ribs. Oh, my God. I love ribs. So good. Uh, Matthew uh, Farmer, a member for four months. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Matt. Good to see you. Uh, Charles Michael Sinclair. Um, okay, three names. Who the fuck are you? Serial killer found. Charles Michael Sinclair. <laughs> the coat hanger bandit. <laughs> Harbaugh, a lock for the Chargers. I think that will be his most aggressive pursuer. Yeah. And I think we had been hearing, I don't know, I think several weeks ago we reported that the Bears had lost interest a, a bit in Harbaugh. Um, and, boy, did they look terrible yesterday. Mm. Uh, I And I think they know the Bears are not going to pony up if they fire Eberflus, and I'm not guaranteeing that. They're not going to pony up the kind of money that it will take to get Jim Harbaugh I think the Spanos family will absolutely pony up to pay Jim Harbaugh. I think they know that the funny thing about the Chargers, they had a window with, you know, Justin Herbert that, you know, the Keenan Allen's like they have likable guys on that team. Mm -hmm. They spent a bunch of money on the defense and they just got worse. I think they knew that they had talent and they couldn't win. I think they believe Jim Harbaugh can make them a better team if they go and get more skill positions, which he will mandate. So I think that the Chargers will give him what he wants financially and they will allow him to leverage his his, his roster, in my opinion. So I think that's why the Chargers would be the best fit for him. Right. Uh, Cougar Tracks gives us five monthly Let's members. go, baby. Let's go, Cougar Tracks. Appreciate you. And everybody on the show, make sure you hit the like button on the program. Let's see, where are we at likes today? We've had 1,150 views and only 43 likes. Come on now, hit the like button. If you're watching on YouTube, please uh, hit subscribe. We are really close to 50,000 subscribers here on the showroom. Um, we are at 49,398. 602 subs to go. Let's go. And... I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. What, what, you're going to want to be a sub. And really, you're going to want to be a member when 50000 It is. It absolutely is. Katie Rader, uh, endo, very refreshing. What do you mean? Endo, what did I miss? Endo, very refreshing. Uh, Boston Mapes, uh, only two coaches whacked today. I thought it was Black Monday. Well, you've had a bunch of other openings. I think you're going to get a decision on Eberflus from the Bears this week. Um. I think 
the Bill Belichick situation still has not been clarified. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. Whether he gives up GM duties, I think you have to part ways with him. Um, Antonio Pierce, it, it it does not feel like, and I have heard that he's not going anywhere. He's no, going to be Devontae advocated for. Him. He is going to be the head coach of the of the Raiders. I I I just think that you have openings already. Whether that is the Chargers, the Panthers, Commanders. the Commanders now, the Falcons now, like you have openings. I I, I don't know. I, I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised that like the Dallas Cowboys are a very interesting conversation today. If we look at the Dallas Cowboys, why is Jerry Jones questioning Mike McCarthy's future in Dallas? This I do not understand. And sure, if you are the Jets, are you a little surprised Robert Salah didn't get whacked? Yeah, a little bit. All of his coordinators and Robert Salah, most of his staff coming back to New York. Mm -hmm. It's probably an Aaron Rodgers decision. That is a Aaron right now. But are you surprised that, you know, Tennessee on Mike Vrabel hasn't been made today? No, but I think they're going to meet and they're going to have real conversations. And that's a an opening that will, I think, likely be there. But who knows? We'll see. Chargers job's open. Patriots job we already talked about. Carolina's open. Um, Arizona's not going to fire another coach right now. You have a franchise quarterback who they just committed to. You're not going to open that job. Commander's job is open. Giants, Wink Martindale and his defensive staff fired today. They're making changes at the coordinator. A year from now, maybe Dayball gets whacked. Who knows? Um, the Falcons are open. Bears, I, I mean, we're, Should be we're looking already, in a situation where if you count, you know, Commanders, Panthers, Falcons, that's three in the NFC on their own. That could be four with the Bears, right? Then you start looking at New England could be five. Chargers are six. Titans could be seven. Raiders could be eight. Like, I, I mean, you have the number of jobs potentially open that we all thought. But what in the world is Jerry Jones doing in Dallas? And we can sit here and we can go back and forth. But there is something that is inarguable in Dallas. And I don't know why Cowboy Nation doesn't want to say it. You're 36 and 15 in the last three years, 12 and five, three straight years, and you're not backing that head coach with major injuries on defense. You're not backing that head coach. You know, quarterback, major injury. You're not backing that head coach. Running back, gone, Ezekiel Elliott. Mistake by most people's account, not on the head coach. Pollard with a major injury, and you're not backing that head coach who's gone 36 and 15 in three years. Now he was six and 10 in his first year, but he has radically turned around the Dallas Cowboys. I'm for real. In my opinion, and yes, I have, as Jake loves to say, why is slurping Dak Prescott, bro? Because he's an MVP. He's an MVP caliber quarterback. That's mm -hmm. why. And he deserves to be paid on par. Mike McCarthy should not be in question. There should not be a doubt that Mike and his entire staff are coming back next year. Yet Jerry Jones, when asked about it after the game, you know the game where you won the NFC East? You know. And you're again 12 and 5? Jerry Jones doesn't step up and wholeheartedly say, Mike McCarthy's our head coach. Why is this a question? Well, we'll talk about it after the playoffs. Really? Here's we're going to talk about it after the playoffs. Yeah, because you, the Dallas Cowboys, 
are notorious for having huge success in the regular season and doing absolutely nothing in the playoffs. So whether you get into the playoffs with 10 wins or 15 wins or whatever, you, you need to win in the playoffs. And this, I, in my opinion, is their best opportunity to make a deep playoff run. I mean, you're, you're in a situation, you, what are you, the number two seed in the NFC? You're, you're healthy for the most part. Uh, and you're rolling. And I think a lot of people talked about, well, why'd they play all the starters against Washington? Well, they need to win the game, of course, right? You need to take care of that. But I also think there's an important piece of that where it's like, hey, we're playing really good football heading into the first round of the playoffs. So if Mike McCarthy and company get into the NFC championship game and they win that and go to the Super Bowl, then yeah, I would guess Jerry Jones is going to come out and give Mike McCarthy the, you know, round of applause, total support comment that he's deserved. But I can't say that I blame Jerry Jones, dude. I mean, the goal is to win the Super Bowl, not be a 12-win team. So if you win 12 games three years in a row, but you don't compete for a Super Bowl, what's the point? That's what I think Jerry is is saying. Yeah, I, I, I guess. But is is it Mike McCarthy's fault or is it Leighton Van Der Esch's fault? Agreed. Who can't stay healthy and is a foundational piece of that defense? I don't know. All I know is Dan Quinn has been lifted up as the hero in Dallas and all of a sudden McCarthy's job is in question. Like, I, this is why the Cowboys don't win Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. It's not because Mike McCarthy's a bad coach. He's not, again, Matt Eberflus in Chicago who doesn't have an offensive coordinator that will tailor an offense and develop a quarterback. You have an offense quite literally built so the quarterback succeeds in Dallas. Yeah, That's a novel concept in this league. Holy cow. You have a franchise quarterback. Let's hire one of the best quarterback developers in all of coaching. And what do you know? You're 36 and 15 in three years. This is not difficult. And I would again ask, I know I'm just idiot talk show host, little hack on money. YouTube, little old money, not so little, are you? I'm just asking, if you fire Mike McCarthy, where's the enhancement to him? Who are you hiring to replace him? How do you upgrade 36 and 15 over three-year stretch in Dallas? Real. And, and I would remind you, it's more important probably to say they were 12 and five for three straight years now. How, where, where, do you know what I would give? I would give a left in, to have a 36 and 15 record with a franchise quarterback and a coach put in place to make sure that Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott succeed. But we in Chicago, we don't have that. We have great hot dogs. We don't have great football coaches or quarterbacks. Yeah, that's stupid. And look at that. As if through magic fairy dust, the authority on all things Chicago Bears appear. Um, if the Bears kept loose, don't play with my heart. Dude. Uh, don't have to, don't you have to assume JF one, Justin Fields is staying and they will trade down. You have to, but again, I was talking to an NFL guy today who said, man, I would not rule out because in my opinion, just my opinion from sources I've heard. And now Adam Schefter, uh, just confirming here on ESPN, what Ew. Monty and the Monty show hacks on YouTube reported said no one ever, um, Adam Schefter confirmed our report that Jim Harbaugh is going to be the leading candidate for the Chargers job. And I, my belief is, as soon as the whistle blows tonight and he wins the national championship, 
I have to believe he's hopping the tarmac and he's going to see a whale's vagina and then they'll drive him. Um, I'm um, never going to let it not be the um, San Diego Chargers, just so you're aware. I am a, a full belief that he will land in Burbank on a private jet tomorrow or the next day, and he will be named the head coach of the LA Chargers. Pack this thing up. We're out of here. I'm that confident in it. And if you are the Chicago Bears and you are watching the LA Chargers, who used to play in San Diego with Justin Herbert, you know, a franchise quarterback, which the Bears have never had. What? And you watch Dad Bod God, Khaki Queen, go to Charger Land and Fat. do his thing. How was your next phone call? Not to Lincoln Riley. Help me. Help, Hello. Help. We are not available now. Just little old Bonnie over here. You're going to trade Justin Fields. Excuse me. It's JF1. Sorry. JF1 is going to be demoted to <laughs> JF like seven. <laughs> Right. And and again, an NFL guy today told me, keep an eye on Caleb Williams in the Bears and Lincoln Riley, because that's the only if you if you think about it. And I am not a guy who ever did well in algebra. But if we do some trigonometry together and we talk about the quadratic equation of hiring a Bears head coach. <laughs> no idiot that can do fractions would even tell you that if you fire Eberflus, who's the number one candidate? I think I've hit it every time. Because you have the number one pick. And if you fire Eberflus, much to my guy Arlington Bears' point here, if we fire Eberflus, we are probably trading Justin Fields. So we bear down, friends. <laughs> we would naturally hire Marcus Freeman and bring no, Rick Meyer out of no, retirement. So that we no. had... <laughs> Dude. My bad. Buddy wants to play with 10 guys on the field. How can you hire him? You would call Lincoln Riley and you would draft Caleb Williams. Because then it's not on, you know, the, the bag of bones who currently runs the Chicago Bears. It's not. But the bigger question is, do you, do you fire Eberflus? And does that mean that Again, we do the the isosceles triangle. Yeah, with a protractor and stuff. And you fire Ryan Poles, <laughs> the general manager with the Bears. 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 Yes, I think you it's did. a really interesting question. Yes, you did. Because Sweat was one of the best trades of the season, and nobody's talking about it. DJ Moore, one of the best acquisitions of the offseason. Mm -hmm. Nobody's talking about it. DJ Moore had a thousand yard season. Montez <clears throat> Sweat. Did you see he made history? The only player in the history of the NFL to lead two teams in one season in sacks, commanders and bears. It's not like Ryan Poles has been terrible at going and getting dude and making the team better. He sucks at drafting people. But what, well, what, what, what you should be saying is he sucks at not drafting people. Well, that is a way that I would you know because, you know, it's not like you had patty mahomes on the horn and passed on him you know no big deal no yeah. big deal at all but yeah i mean the bears are, are an absolute mess I, I i i would be going the lincoln riley caleb williams route and i like what justin fields has shown in terms of promise and potential and you know what you're looking at but but you got to get like you got to get on the same page with head coach and quarterback you know and it's no 
no shade to Justin Fields. I just think that that the Riley Caleb Williams path is your best path. I don't I I would not be surprised if if whoever the head coach of the Falcons comes to be is real excited to have Justin Fields as a starting quarterback. I think Justin Fields would be in a much better position there, but we'll see. Well, we will see. NFL guy listening to the show says the Bears and Eberflus the Bears and Eberflus will meet tomorrow. Not coincidentally, Ryan Poles will be in that meeting. Mm. So my guess is Poles stays, which would make me think he's going to get another shot to hire a coach. And my guess is he's going to fire Matt Eberflus tomorrow. Could be wrong. Maybe that meeting goes swimmingly well. I think it's very difficult here on the Monty Show. I think it's very difficult to argue that the Chicago Bears were a much better December team than they had been November, October. Absolutely. And certainly in September. But I don't think that means that you should keep Flus, as our boy here said. But I, I also think the biggest issue is Justin Fields horrendously regressed yesterday in Green Bay. And it's it's very difficult to go against that. Yeah. It's very difficult to go against that. Like for for me, it's tough not to good to hang on to. It's like, very tough not to not to mm. I mean, we're not talking about a prolific head coach with a crap quarterback as you know, in terms of talent. We're talking about a very mid head coach with a talented quarterback who can't figure it out. Yeah. Yep, totally agree. And I, I I don't know. Do you want the McCaskies or do you want Jerry Jones? I want Jerry Jones. Yeah. If Jerry, Jer, Jer, I know Jer listens to the show. I said Jer. Right, Jer Bear. Yeah. Um, I know he listens to the show. I don't have another name. Uh, I know he listens to the show every day, Jer. Buy the Bears. Sell the Cowboys. <laughs> it's that simple. You hate Dak anyway. Sell the Cowboys. <laughs> Let it be somebody else's problem, right? Come on now. Um, let's see. Matt Ritson says, uh, Calford and SMU discount to the Pac-2 conference. Getting to that in five minutes on the Monty Show. Um, oh, boy. Somebody ringing the doorbell at the oh, Casa please. de Monty. What do we have here? So not spam calls today. Can you load it up? I can, but I, I don't. There is a Hello. There is a young lady at our door. Is she back? No. I don't know. Who, I don't know who that is. Miss Monty gonna have to handle that. I don't know who that is. Oh, they're talking. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see, can I? Hi. Oh. Oh. Um, are you home? Yeah. Who is that? I don't know. Did you say you're okay to do a meet and greet today at work? Yeah, I, I don't know who that is. Man, who we meeting and greeting? Nah, I think you got the wrong know, house, uh, yo. You know, uh, who who we who we meeting and greeting and stuff? Yeah, I, I never answer. Do you ever answer your door? Oh, hell no. I never dude, answer I, my I, door. I, dude, I had someone like three weeks ago knock on my door at 2 a.m. I'm standing behind the door looking through the peephole. Waiting Did for you really? Door. Yeah, dude. Like, Who was who, it? Well, so I live in a, uh, in a complex, right? And... It's just this this kid, this this probably twenty year old kid, just running around the complex, knocking on doors. He's he he's like, "Hey, Mike, are you in there?" As if he's looking for his friend. Nah, dude. 
Those and, are always and, bad situations. You know, and so I'm like, dude, like it's 2 a.m. And, you know, it's like bang, bang, like you hard knocking. You can't do that. Can't do that. All right. Yeah, Hour number two of the Monty Show presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Watch Mrs. Monty make her trades today um, and this morning. And that's the thing I love about Triday Trading. So many people have asked me, how do you do it as a side hustle? Um, I think pretty clearly at, at the best part about Triday trading is Monday through Friday, you can do it anytime you want. And Mrs. Monty fits it into her schedule 6 a.m. in the morning. And then when I get home after doing the greatest sports talk show on the planet, we do it together Damn at night. Right. And I love it. And I absolutely, Friday trading has a solution for your schedule. And so many people, and I know I, I, I tend to be very rigid about making changes in your life that you have to make. So many people look for excuses why things don't work instead of looking for ways to make it work. At Triday Trading, you don't need an excuse. You don't need to look for a way. It's in your schedule. You, you, you have to ask yourself, and this is much like our gym conversations, why I've lost all this weight, like got on the scale this morning. I've lost five more pounds in the last week. Fantastic week because I'm getting up at 5 a.m. and doing my training. I'm eating well. We're Tri-Day trading at 6 a.m. We're Tri-Day trading at 7 p.m., right? Like you, if you want it, you can have it, but you got to go and do it. Take the excuses away from your financial difficulties. If you're in credit card debt, if you have student loan debt, maybe you're somebody that, you know, so many people have said, hey, will it help me pay off my house? That's might be the number one question about Tri-Day trading. Yes, pay your house off early. Make your Make early payments. Pay down your interest on your mortgage. Pay off your car early. You have that flexibility at Tri-Day Trading because they're full-time traders. After they graduate the Tri-Day program, they're on average making $1,000 a day with the TridayTrading.com system that they learned. You get proprietary coaching that goes on. You get their algorithms or proprietary software. They hand it to you. You simply have to take the reins and run. And when you do that, hey, you want to do it part-time? You want to do it in the morning and then you come home at nine o'clock at night because you worked all day? Count your money, man takes you an hour maybe to program all your trades, hook it up, tridaytrading.com. It's a $10 charitable donation. They have a charity every month that they designate. They give your $10 to that charity. It's a one-time $10 payment. And you get a 30-day trial membership at tridaytrading.com. And you get everything. You immediately get a coach. They immediately put you in the simulators so you can start trading, learning all the software, learning the indicators into load of fun, tridaytrading.com. Slash Monty, let's get uh, a couple more of your comments before we get on to SMU. Uh, Matt Ritson, yes, we will get to SMU. Uh, the hanger guy, serial killer, uh, three name guy, Charles Michael Sinclair. I'm kidding, Charles. It's my parents' fault. I don't go by three names in everyday life. Raiders make me nervous. If you went by three games in every or three names every day, I'd be like, oh, hey, Michael Charles Sinclair guy, please don't hate me. You know, um, where does Lincoln Riley end up? I, I think Maury Alvarez, who's been a member of the show for 12 months. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Absolutely crushing, Maury. Appreciate our favorite Floridian, Maury Alvarez, uh, who won our $100 gift card. Yes, he did. Should Squirrel. Uh, I think Lincoln Riley ends up staying at USC because I am not convinced that Eberflus will get fired. I'm not. The Bears are too nice. I am not convinced that Matt Eberflus will get fired. And the thing that worries me is the Bears had too much success in December. The defense, there's no way to say they went out and made changes. That defense got better. Justin Fields is not a 
a franchise level quarterback. He is not. He is. Look at all the talk we've done on this show about Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Look at that development. Look at the pocket passer growing, developing, reading deep. Look how much better he is 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 with the pre-snap read mm -hmm. that allows him. Because what they've done in Baltimore is what the Bears need to do with Justin Fields. They give him two reads, right? Post-snap. He reads that defense, right? Pre-snap. And then he's got two reads. What do I see pre-snap? Let me call that out. Boom. Snap the ball. Bang here. Not there. Right here. That's as simple as it is. And he always has the ability to throw the ball down the left side of the field. You notice, where is his deep ball outlet pass? Down the left side. Because he's more accurate throwing to his left than he is to his right. And he is a he has actually turned into a pretty, pretty good deep ball thrower across his body. The Bears have never done that for Justin Fields because you have a defensive guy as your head coach who his priority is never going to be scoring more points mm -hmm. than, the, than the opponent. Mm -hmm. It's that simple, man. Harry Austin, a member of the Monty Show for seven months. Let's go. Sorry. Pick up the pace. Yeah, it was on page like 57 and it had to go back. Uh, Harry Austin, our favorite San Antonian. I don't know if that's how you say that. Uh, Marty Schottenheimer, God rest his soul, is a prime example of a good regular season coach, but for various reasons, playoff, different story. That's why the Cowboys might make a change. I think it'd be a huge mistake to make a change. Huge mistake. Uh, Jimmy Otson, Cowboys two and four in the playoffs since 2016. Not Mike McCarthy's fault. It's not. Uh, Big Blue Horses. Is there a can't-miss quarterback in this year's draft? I think the only one that now I would call can't-miss is Michael Penix. He's got that big Penix energy. So see what he did there? It's like big Penix energy, but it's also like big huh, energy. You know, Scock. Yeah, you know, it's it's that's what it is, dude. Nice what job. We do. yeah. uh, Brandon Butler, there wasn't uh, Poles J2H. That was Pace that passed on Mahomes, right? But they fired him, and we still suck. Yeah, and our yeah, personnel I mean. decisions are matter. still terrible. Pace, polls, you know, whoever. It's, you're yeah. terrible. Change your pace on the polls. Let's yeah, go. Dude. Like, it doesn't matter. The Bears personnel decision. This is a franchise. And any Bear, Brandon Butler, you're more than qualified. This is a franchise that has never once prioritized the franchise quarterback. Because it's garbage. As close as they got, in my opinion, is Jay Cutler. And they didn't support him, support around him. So I don't know. You do what you you do what you think you do, right? Uh, Mike Smith, the power of Penix compels you. That's right. The power of Penix compels you. That's right. Do you know what she did? Do you know what Harbaugh did? These are all references to the exorcist. Thank you. See, my guy, Delaric, a member of the show. For 10 months. Let's okay. go. Celeric, you stud. You think Belichick stays or who else goes? I think that the biggest one in my mind, it, I don't doubt. If I were leaning, I'd be hard leaning to Belichick being out in, in New England. Um. I think it's really interesting that you have a situation where Belichick is the Patriots. I can't remember who on ESPN told the story today, but there was a, an owner who was asked, well, why did you fire that head coach? And the answer was, well, I wanted my franchise back. 
I think that's the best explanation I've heard to cover what's going on with Belichick. It's been too long and he's been too rigid and he may be on the Cleveland. They're on to a new coach and they're on to a new general manager. On to Cincinnati. And I think it's too much now. You've gone through too much. The offense has waned far too far, far, far too far. Yeah, we're focused on the Jets today. You're the worst offense in the NFL. Can't do that. Yeah, we're not and making any changes. I am, I am somebody that tends to lean in the direction of he wanted Brady gone. And I just can't forgive you for that. <laughs> Bill Belichick's a phenomenal head coach, arguably the best head coach ever. He will have half a dozen opportunities the minute he is done in New England. 100%. They need to move on. They need to move on. Now, Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, I'm far less convicted that he's going to be gone. Far less. I feel pretty strongly based on people in Chicago and the NFL that I've talked to about it. I think the Bears will make a move on Eberflus, and I think Poles stays. I would, in confidence polling, Mike McCarthy keeps his job. Dak has been too good under McCarthy's, developed far too much, and they have won. I think McCarthy keeps his job. I think, man, Vrabel in Tennessee is a tough one. I I think he probably keeps his job. Mm-hmm. Big-time personality players love him. I think the personnel department's been a problem in, in Smashville, not the defense. I think the Bears fire Eberflus. And I, I'm all but certain that Antonio Pierce keeps his job in Vegas. That'd Certainly. be right. That'd be shocking. Yeah, he he's staying. I think Bill Belichick's gonna stay. And I think they're gonna they're gonna come out publicly and say we mutually agreed that Bill yeah. needs an offensive coordinator and a GM. And that will allow Bill to focus on the defense, focus on running the day-to-day, like really going back. So you think he stays? Coach. I think he stays. Well, here and here's why. I think that both can hmm. succeed together. I think Bob Kraft, if he's in that situation where he wants his franchise back, you can get your franchise back by saying to Bill, hey, so you can stay, but I want to bring in a GM and I want to bring in an offensive coordinator and we will find that together, but it will be my decision. I'll have the final say. Uh, and that will allow Bob to feel like, hey, I got my franchise back. And for Bill, that'll allow Bill to be a better head coach. And let's not just crap on this guy. He is one of the best coaches ever. Yeah. And I don't believe he just forgot how to coach a football team. So that's where I think the mutual, you know, happy, there, but there you is know. a there is a rub between Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick. Like I, I think, and I think even more, Bob Kraft's son wants Bill Belichick out. And I think the Tom Brady fight. Belichick won the Tom Brady fight. And I think Rex Ryan today made a really good point when he said, you win the Bill, Bill Belichick wins the Tom Brady fight, but he doesn't win football games. Time to move on. That's exactly right. That's great you won the the Tom Brady fight. Well, he went on to Tampa and won a Super Bowl. Okay. And you haven't won dicks since Tom Brady Um, left. Yeah. You're the worst team in the NFL offensively. And now you're willing to take an offensive coordinator. I wonder why that is. Come on. Come on. Let's be pragmatic about it. The New England Patriots need a change. And it takes balls to fire Bill Belichick. There's no doubt about it. I would not fire him 
I I would I would mutually agree to part company. That's what I would never fire Bill Belichick. I'm not doing it. He's done too much for this league and that team. Mm-hmm. But you need to move on, and you need to find a way that it's amicable so you two don't hate each other the rest of your lives. Yeah. But that's just me. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Aaron Wilson gifts a Monty Show membership. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I I just I can't see another way that ends. I can't see Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. He'll stay. You're Tennessee. You don't go, you don't burn bridges like that. I don't then how many other jobs will open? I mean, Tennessee, I would agree he stays. Harbaugh's going to the Chargers, in my opinion. Patriots, I think it's gonna be open. Panthers is open. Cardinals, no. Commanders is open. Is the Commanders a good job? That's a job where I think Bill Belichick would go. I do think it's a good job now. I think you've got a new owner who is, you know, obviously got a point to prove, wants to win some ball games. Well, and he's trying to get a new stadium, so you have to build and you have to win. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, is the Atlanta Falcon job a good job? Uh, it can be absolutely. That's a great. That is a great market. They have shown the ability to get to the Super Bowl. Just haven't recently. Terrible personnel decisions. Terrible personnel decisions, in my opinion. Um, okay, a couple more because I I don't want to waste your, your uh, Stephen Keel. What about Mike Tomlin? They're not firing Mike Tomlin. Oh, that guy would have every open job available to him. Why would you fire him? Now, do you want to make changes? You better figure out the quarterback position there. How am I saying that out loud? Like, does that not ring your eardrums when I have to say, you know, the Chicago Bears, you guys better figure out the quarterback. It's the NFL. What so, do you mean? So let me get this right, Steeler Nation. You went from dog. You went from Ben Roethlisberger to nobody. And yes, Mason Rudolph constitutes nobody. Kenny Pickett constitutes nobody. Both of those guys are not Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> So you might want to figure out how to get someone reliable back there because I actually think you have some decent weapons. Not great, but decent, right? Like, imagine if you had Jake Browning back there. You're probably a little bit better than you are now. He's not amazing, but he's better than what you got. I I don't believe that Kenny Pickett's an NFL franchise quarterback. No. I don't. I think Najee Harris is great. Deontay Johnson's proven himself a little bit, I think. George Pickens has got to stay healthy. Um, you know, I, I, their offensive line is good, not great. You see what I mean? Like, you've got some names. You How have enough TJ to work with. How Watt injury? How does that happen, dude? He, You jump up in the air and you get sniped on a knee injury? How does that happen? No idea. Like, I, I mean, I mean, you're not the Miami Dolphins, who I think just have the worst luck in the world. Um. Good Lord. Main event. How are you, main event? The Patriots need to get rid of the defensive culture mentality. The league has changed. Pete Carroll needs to go also. He'll never get fired in Seattle. I don't think that you, like, I, I think the Ravens are literally showing you you can win Super Bowls with defense. You can't. It's, nah. a, it's an ability to win. It's, a, it's an ability to get a stop. You, I totally disagree. The Baltimore Ravens are showing you that when you have a defense, Yes, better develop your passing quarterback, and then you can compete for Super Bowls, which I would remind you they are not competing for a Super Bowl yet. Got to win a playoff game, not to be a jerk about it. That's the only thing left, in my opinion. I need to see Lamar win big games, consecutive weeks, 
to get him to the Super Bowl. And then once you're in Las Vegas this year, go go perform at a high level. You're not winning Super Bowls in this league with a with a run first quarterback. It's not ha- and this league is littered with how many hits is Justin Fields going to take? The Green Bay Packers are still I think one of the dirtiest teams in the NFL. And I'll drop that motherfucker. Two times yesterday, dirty dirty ass hits, not a single flag to be thrown. It's not you can't have a running quarterback. I need a guy who runs to create throwing opportunities, which Lamar Jackson now does. That's why. I don't think, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, it's just me. I I, I guess it's just me. Uh, Mr. Downtown, correct, Monty, with we are San Antonians here. Who's your guy? We Who's your guy? are San Antonians here. Victor's the way. Uh, Mark 324, uh, Bill Belichick would fit in with Washington. I think incredibly well, Mark. I think you're exactly right. Carruthers? Uh, I always thought Brady was given too much credit until he won with the Buccaneers. Ooh, that's a good point. Uh, turned out he cold-hearted coach was the one I was giving too much credit to. I think that's Don't a great clean, point. Methodical and thorough. Great point. Uh, Woodworth, they need to change the name. Commanders is offensive to me by how bad it is. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. They do need to change the name. But you're being a jerk about it. It's offensive, man. <clears throat> and yes, somebody walked into our office team and was like, is it true that there's a petition to bring back the Redskin name? Yeah, and it's got tons of signatures. Where We're we getting at, somewhere. Where are we at in society today? Dude, I have no idea. Where are we at in society today? Who knows how the commander's job will be too early uh, with new ownership. They're going to spend money, which is the first, I think, bullet point to a good job. But, but you're you, right. It's it, too early. Dude, if, you have a, if you're a head coach, you have an insurance policy there. If you lose, yeah, you always, you get free merchandise. Yeah, I mean, if you lose, all right, it's, it's hey, you know, you, uh, you know, yeah, I get it. I get it. I so, right. hey, new ownership, ah, we lost. You guys didn't do enough. Okay, new ownership. Oh, you won? You guys are amazing. You did everything I need you to do. And you're just out here coaching great talent. I mean, that's what it is as a as a as a uh as a head coach with a new owner. Yeah. Oh no. Uh Josh Harris founded Apollo Global Management. That dude, yeah, that's right. That's right. He he used to own the 70s. I'm a, I'm a terrible person. Uh he's just got gobs of money. Let's just put it that way. Uh Bryce Martin, Jacksonville head coach. Just got hot. He'll keep his job, but they need to improve next year because they collapsed badly this year. Another team with tons of injuries. They need, there's so many teams. Why is it so difficult when you get the job to do the job you said you were going to do? I don't understand these teams that make terrible personnel decisions. Uh, like you have five head at quarterback in Jacksonville. Build an offensive line. Yeah, franchise quarterback for sure. Right? I, I'm a huge fan of that guy. Yeah, he can play. Uh, Bailey Dietrich, Zach Taylor, not when no. not when Burrowhead Stadium was out all year. I mean, you, you, that was a huge loss, in my opinion. Boyd Lake, if I'm Belichick, I'm going to the Panthers over the commies. Wow. Panthers' job is not a good. Did you see David <clears throat> Tepper throwing drinks on people? Like, Glad we find him like five cents. Yeah, no. Bryce Martin, Monty, Kenny Pickett is the man. What do you mean? Well, What's your best ability? Yeah, we're not making any changes. What's your What's your best ability? Oh, your best ability is your availability. Think that's HIPAA? I'm not a. I'm. I, He's just average. There's nothing special, dude. Come on. Nah, dude. I'm not a Kenny Pickett. Come on. Uh, I'm not. Uh, Mister Downtown Monty, can you buy Big Penix Energy at Bass Pro Shops? I believe you can. I believe you can. The CAC. You know. You know. You just got to tell them you're a link. And then they'll give you big. Pe- Never mind. 
What? Mike Smith, uh, Panthers ownership has proven uh, to lack patience. Not sure Bill would want that. Yeah. Uh, Delaric, after the last play of the New Orleans game, that may be open due to coach losing control of players. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want to get into that real quick? Real quick. SMU, real quick. you'll have to wait just yeah, like you usually quick. do. Um, Jameis Winston's a disgusting person. Uh, I, I'll, I'm <laughs> just going to say Tell it. us how you really feel, bro. I've always disliked Jameis Winston since he was in the Beto's parking lot with the Uber driver. Actually, since he was in the Publix grocery store allegedly um, stealing crab. Then he was in the Beto's drive through lane allegedly groping and being accused of groping an Uber driver. You know, other you than know. that, well, being terrible in Tampa, that piece <coughs> up there too. And then not being good enough in New Orleans because he, yeah, he sucked there too. And then let me get this right. Dennis Allen, a really respectable guy who I know pretty well, covered him in Oakland. Dennis Allen has his New Orleans Saints with the game over not close at the goal line sends in victory formation take a knee Jameis game's over what did Jameis do well it wasn't Jameis because according to Jameis it was a team decision that's bullshit Jameis handed off to Jamal Williams who ran it in for a touchdown and embarrassed the entire Saints organization to the point where the head coach apologized. The GM called the Atlanta Falcons and apologized. And Jameis refused to apologize to the no, he apologized to DA because he sent in the victory formation, but we made a team decision. So DA will be okay with it. Apparently, DA wasn't okay with it. You employ Jameis Winston. This is the kind of jackassery you're going to get because he lacks professionalism, he lacks ability. And frankly, he's a degenerate as a person on the whole. So I, I don't feel sorry for New Orleans. You knew what you were getting into when you hired him. But you have to at least admit. No, I it's don't. It's funny watching this dude in front of the media. It's be not. Like, yeah, it was a team decision. And come you on, know what dude. it is? It's actually embarrassing. I am embarrassed for Jameis Winston. You're you are. You say some of the most unintelligent things I've ever heard any professional athlete say. It was a team decision. Well, the coach and the coaching staff, yeah, they're part of the team. And when you send in a play, you run the play that was sent in. You don't say, yeah, guys, I don't want to run that play. Allegedly, I want Jamal to get a touchdown. Is everybody here on board with that? Okay, great, let's run it. And then you line up in victory formation and run it out of victory formation because you're a coward. You're a coward. Did you line up in the eye? Did you line up single back? No, you, you lined up in victory formation because you knew the defense wouldn't be expecting you to run it. And you, the other thing I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear about, well, if you had stopped them, this wouldn't have happened. You don't line up in victory formation and then hand it off to a guy getting a running start. You don't do that. It's called a lack of professionalism. I don't think he's funny. I don't laugh at Jameis when he talks to the media. I feel embarrassed for him and his family. Because that little escapade in the locker room last night, that was embarrassing. Jameis, you're not a fully functioning adult. You're not. Okay, I feel better. Good. You totally disagree with me. 100%. I mean, yeah, it's embarrassing, sure. Lacks professionalism, obviously. Uh, made the organization look bad, of course. But that's all just assumed and obvious. I think it's hilarious to me that this guy thinks he can get away with, yeah, it was a team decision. 
I think it's funny that he would even say that. It's so far out of left field to say that, that it almost has comedic value. I don't think that he thought about, oh, well, we're lining up in victory and still going to run it. That would look bad. <laughs> all he thought about, and, and this is this speaks to what you just said, right, about yeah. this guy. All he's thinking about is, hey, Jamal, Jamal needs one here. So we're going to line up in victory and then hand it off. Yeah, it's a bad look. But I'm not here. I, I'm not surprised. I just thought it was funny that he's like, yeah, I'm being respectable. And, you know, I told DA that, you know, like we got the call, but, you know, we made a different decision. And and, and it's like, dude, like, how are Come you on. an NFL player? Like, that's what's amazing to me is like, this guy's got a cannon of an arm, but is so bad he never plays. And then when he does play, he does stuff like this. That's why I think it's funny because he can't get out of his own way. Yeah. He could probably be uh, uh, a serviceable starter if he would commit himself, but he won't, which is why he will never be a starter again, which is the true shame in all of it. Yep. Um, Tanner Plummer. LOL, Monty, let's be real. You don't like Jameis because he went to Florida State. That must be it. I actually liked him in Tampa. I just think he's – no. Uh, Jack, I like Jameis' decision, but you cannot say it was a team decision. You like that decision? Why? What is there to like about that decision? Running the football out of victory formation, what is there to like about that decision? What am I – like it I, – I, I, I was – I don't know. Maybe I'm just the old man Monty with a stick in the mud. Get off my lawn, man. I was furious when I saw that happen. You don't humiliate your opponent like that. It's Washington and Atlanta. There's some rivalry there. Or New Orleans and Atlanta. There's some rivalry there. I get it. You don't humiliate your opponent like that. You just don't do that. Phoenix Master. What's up, man? Jameis making himself look stupid. Indeed. Yep. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, famous Jameis crab legs. I've heard those are available now at, at Publix throughout the state of Florida. Uh, Eric Wasikowski hey, from Plymouth Canton. What's up, my guy? Who's Jameis Winston exactly right? Mike Smith. Coach got his ass reamed by the opposing coach. Yeah, did you guys see Arthur? I'm about to get fired, so I'm going to light that ass up, Smith. Dude rolls up to the middle of the field and is like, what the F is that? What is that? And you saw Dennis Allen, who, again, is a really good human being. Telling him, I didn't call that. I sent in victory, and it doesn't matter. Only uh, to go and get fired on the tarmac at 12.01. And exactly right, Mike Smith. What a turd. Exactly. James, this is frustrating. They make a jab at Mason Rudolph. I put his numbers for the last three games where he complete. Are you are you talking? You're frustrated Hi, about James, us? Welcome back. And then they skip my com I never even saw your comment. Bro, are you being serious right now, dude? How many comments do we have today, my guy? Yay! We have 897 comments today. 98, 99 comments now. Almost a 1,000 comments. You make a comment about Mason, I'm an average-ass quarterback, Rudolph, and you're upset like I skip. I'm like, oh, it's James. I'm not going to read it. What are you, you don't oh, always have to be negative. Mason Rudolph. I happen to have his stats sitting here because I'm looking at their quarterback <laughs> stats. What do you think his career completion percentage is? How about 63%? Oof. What do you think his touchdown and interception ratio is? Um, How about 19 to 11? Oh, dude. 
His rating on a career is 86.9. Because it's gone. And you want to lump in four games where he completed 74% of his passes? He's not a franchise quarterback, and he's not a starter in the NFL. And every chance he's gotten, he's been terrible. He was on a heater for four games. Cool. Like, uh, And now you're going to get upset because we uh, allegedly skipped your comment and ignored you? Come on, man. Aaron Wilson only read my comments about Taj Brooks greater than Ollie Gordon, and we ignored every other one. <laughs> Okay, awesome. that was funny. That was funny. Uh, Carruthers. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was dumped on, too. I, like, we hate all Rudolphs yeah, on this show. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Sean Rollins. Dude has his stats copy and pasted. I don't know why you would do that. Oh, because... Anybody on a guess where Mason Rudolph uh... went to college? It is championship week. Yay! <laughs> like... Are you Bro. really that upset that I your one comment with stats? Was it the stool water reference last week? <laughs> this is the part where I'm like, how serious do you hyenas take Damn. this show? I can't believe Monty did that. It's a rigged comment section. <laughs> what a prank. <clears throat> Come on. Come on, James. Come on. Uh, Mike Smith, James got Aaron Cap mad. I know. <laughs> Delaric, I like Mason, but he's a good backup. And nothing wrong with that. Bryce Martin, Mason, Miles Garrett almost killed me. <laughs> yeah. Y'all remember that? That was amazing. Helmet, the helmet swinger. Uh, Jack uh says i honestly thought arthur smith was just mad about running up the score in the rivalry game the rivalry game right Bastin mapes it was boneheaded and at least uh lined up like you're gonna go for it so the defense doesn't get inexplicably pancaked and i agree with that and i also agree with the people who said hey we get upset offenses get upset when they line up in victory and the defense comes for them it's the same thing dude i agree you don't do that that doesn't change the fact I took great enjoyment out of him lying his ass off in the post-game media session talking about how He's it was a, a team off. decision, dude. Uh, it, Come on. Come on. You're one of the greatest busts of your generation. Stop, Jameis. Stop. Uh, Tanner Plummer is the former executive producer. I demand that only Empower McNabb comments get read. That's bullshit. I have to go by the... See, Tanner used to let us imitate him using a voice, and we're not allowed to do that anymore. And we are no longer allowed to talk about the um, the alcoholic hooker patronizing quarterback who threw up on the field during a Super Bowl. We're not, we're not allowed to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind of tough, dude. You know. And that's what we do most of our shows on, so the show's really taking a hit, you know? <laughs> Boyd Lake, I remember when Miles Garrett went crazy on Rudolph's head with his own helmet. <laughs> a genuinely scary NFL moment. So don't even think about messing with me. <laughs> how, how? How, man? Uh, James, Monty isn't a prick. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, excellent. No, you know, Stay you're, not, you're, not you. a, you're not a prick. You're just a jag off. It's yeah, different. Big difference. Yeah. I never claim that Rudolph is a superstar. <laughs> what are we talking about? Holly Gordon? God. <laughs> I never said Ollie should win the Super Bowl. I said he should have the Heisman Trophy, 
not the Davy O'Brien. <laughs> okay, please continue. I need to know what the rest uh, of this is. Do you says. remember the Davy O'Brien trophy at first went to Stampede Turd Stadium? Turd I have a Ferguson. I have a video on my YouTube <laughs> channel about the complete reconstruction and redevelopment of Turd Ferguson Stadium in the Davy O'Brien trophy. <laughs> You can go see that on my YouTube channel right now, and I'll show you the brand new stadium. Boy, is it beautiful. Uh, I never claim that Rudolph is a superstar. He's a serviceable quarterback that can win games. Well, then why hasn't he? Same question about Ollie Gordon. So wait, if you weren't claiming that he was a star, then why were you upset about us not reading the comment about his stats? I'm, I'm trying to wait, understand. Wait, 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 wait. If the Ravens can win with... Trent Dilfer. Bro. I think that was 1964. <laughs> Bro, I, was, I wasn't even alive Wait, yet. Was Trent Dilfer, was that in Baltimore or Cleveland that then became Baltimore before, but after the other? Balt Are you confusing Trent Dilfer with Jack Trudeau? Though, because I just want to make sure we're um, on the... Um, did you really bring um, up the one outlier who quarterbacked the team that has arguably the second best defense in the history of the National Football League? Trent. Uh, Steelers can win with Rudolph if the Ravens can win with Dilfer. Okay. Uh, I mean, those are all great. Points. Uh, 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 I mean, those are tremendous. Trying, uh, uh, look, I'm going to go full Jameis here. I'm trying to be respectful, you know? And yeah, and, we're talking and, about this for the team. Yeah, this is a this is a team decision right now. Is that a real comment or is that a fake trolling comment? I'm trying to understand, bro. Like, can can you can you clarify for me? Uh, maybe ask the mascots. Yeah. The bobbleheads. I'm, um, I'm confused. James has a collection of Big 12 bobbleheads that drank all of his bucked up. You know, so oh, James, that's what this is about. Okay, James admitted, it sense. James admitted on Friday he was crabby because he ran out of bucked up. So he ordered a case of bucked up buckshots. And I'm guessing the bobbleheads drank them all again. Just, I mean, it's not the best situation. And we all know that. Joseph Carruthers, Steelers started playing Rudolph and their offense is doing a lot better now. Okay. I mean, he's like Jake said, he's had a great four game run. <laughs> you know. He's had a good four-game run. I mean, he's averaging, <laughs> and let's get crazy now. 9.7 yards per attempt and and three touchdowns and four starts. Holy, or excuse me, four games played. Not even start. I mean. That's different. I think when you look at the, the, the uh, Baltimore game, which is the best team he saw by far this week, 18 to 20 for, 152 yards, 7.6 average, one touchdown, three sacks. Um, and then, um, I mean, Seattle, I think Seattle's isn't Seattle the best defense in all the NFL? Well, yeah, I mean, the gum destroyers the, are legit. Dude. The Legion of Boom, you know, where he threw for 274, no touchdowns. Cincinnati, again, even better than Seattle. I'll stop. Listen, Arrowhead, my ass. he's had a he's had a nice little four game stretch here started three of them he's had chance after chance to start why are you losing your ever loving yeah, mind what's, going, what's the real over issue here, Mason dude? Rudolph who cares was it the big 12 championship game is that what we're salty about today or you know what are we talking about any 
Steelers Mason Rudolph is going to win us the Super Bowl is like Jets fans saying Zach Wilson will get us to the playoffs <laughs> <laughs> until Rodgers comes. But see what you've started on the show, James. Uh, Bryce Martin, what Monty says about current and former Oak State players, they're all right, but not great. <laughs> because it's garbage. <sighs> Phoenix Mastiff. Are the Steelers going to start Kenny or Mason? Please start Mason Rudolph. It's the only chance you have to win the Super Bowl. Good, good. I mean, that and Troy Palomalu, those two players are critical for your Super Bowl. Do you think Do you think Kenny Pickett uses head and shoulders for men? I don't know. I, I think it's a chance. There's a chance. You know. Uh, Carruthers, look at their points scored the past few games. They never let poor Rudolph play in any football game. <laughs> Okay, can we move on, James? It's always all in fun until Oak State comes up, and then it's not fun. I'm looking forward to your video tomorrow, James. Now, look, you look at the facade of the stadium. James has a YouTube channel. Hi, this is James. Welcome back. Yay. And you should all go. <laughs> Yay. You should all go subscribe to his YouTube channel. He talks about all the stadiums around the country in his YouTube channel. People will read your positive shit. Yeah. Like, hey, this stadium used to be in Stillwater. Now it's new, so it's in Stillwater. Yay! Excellent. And he did a great video on the Cotton Bowl. Mm -hmm. I'm so I'm I'm going to move on because it feels awkward now, right? And I mean, it's not nearly as awkward as SMU not getting any of the college football playoff money. <laughs> that you know. Let's talk SMU football on the Monty program. Those of us that know SMU know that they run Dallas, and Dallas is SMU. <clears throat> Tarrant County. <clears throat> Only it's not. Uh, no, actually, it's Dallas County, thanks. Uh, SMU, you know, joined the ACC. And as part of that agreement said, we're not going to take a penny of media rights distribution for like 37 years. They were in that agreement counting on having college football playoff draws for $6 million. Well, it turns out the college football playoff committee had different ideas because according to Ross Salinger at Yahoo Sports, in the two remaining years of the college football playoffs contract with the NCAA, uh, SMU's not getting a dime. You're the so AC fucked. Yeah, the ACC will not be getting a dime for SMU because the college football playoff committee does not see them as a power five level program and will only continue to value them as a G5, a huge blow to the ACC and to SMU, who will now get zero distribution from the ACC because, see, they're not in a G5 anymore, so the college football playoff will not be paying them the $1 million G5 payout or the $6 million P technically for payout. They will be getting no payout for SMU. And this goes back to our conversations around ACC expansion when we talked openly about the fact that there would be unintended consequences for SMU's decision to take no media rights distribution. And I believe the number is seven years. They've agreed to take no media rights distribution for seven years from the ACC. And now at least for the next two, they will get zero from the college football playoff. Jake, I think it's awfully difficult to make an argument against the fact 
that the ACC made a huge mistake taking SMU. And I think the only other thing you got to wonder is what's the future of the ACC now? I mean, now that we understand that that this is how SMU is going to be viewed, uh, how successful or not successful is the Calford move going to be in the long run? And obviously, it goes without saying, what are we doing about Florida State and company? Because at some point, that's going to come full circle. I mean, at some point, that school is going to leave your conference, and when that takes place, more schools are going to leave your conference. So my only question is, what is the direction of the ACC? Is it just, hey, we're steadfast till this grant of rights is done, and it is what it is at that point, we'll figure it out? Is it, you know, hey, we need to we need to get, you know, Florida State out of here and do it in a way that allows us to keep making money and keep being a productive conference and keep moving forward? Like, I'm just curious how they're going to figure this out because it is pretty tough sledding right now, man. Like, the Florida State stuff happened. You're in a fight with them. SMU just turned out to be a huge mistake. Uh, and Calford is kind of look like a mistake on Calford's part. So I'm not so sure that they love being in the ACC now. So that's what I'm saying. Your conference hasn't really been going the, the right direction for a minute. And yeah, sure. College basketball season is upon us, obviously. And, you know, you'll do well in the bracket and you'll make a bunch of money off that as you always do. But I just don't feel like the ACC is heading in the right direction. Like, the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12 are all heading in positive directions. They're all heading in money-making directions. You're all heading in college football playoff appearance direction. But I'm not so sure that the ACC is going to have more than one team a year in the college football playoff. I mean, how many years is Louisville actually going to compete to be inside the top 12? Oh, I, I think this is rough, and I think when you look at SMU's situation, I don't know how you recover from this because we can sit here and play games and we can talk about how SMU is a great program. Let's get very real about SMU. They are a strong football program. They are a strong basketball program. But when you offer your services at a discount rate, you expose yourself to getting paid a discounted rate. And that's exactly what the college football playoff did here. They told SMU, you say you're not worth any money from the ACC. We wholeheartedly agree. Because now the question remains, what does the ACC do here? And this continues to be a situation where you cannot just keep throwing your weight around and people getting sued. Like I, I look at this death threat situation with, with the college football playoff in Florida State. Like we all think it's funny and they're suing and I can't believe Florida State got screwed. Well, how about the college football playoff today um, saying that they had to bring in the FBI to get, investigate death threats against every single member of the college football playoff committee. It, it Like this rhetoric can't continue. What happened with the ACC today is not a conspiracy theory. What's going to happen with the ACC is not a conspiracy theory. You know what it is? It's the powerful feeding on the what they perceive to be weakness. SMU looks weak here. The ACC looks weak here. And in my opinion, I don't see a way out of this for SMU or the ACC. You have signed contracts in place. What value is there for the, the American to take SMU back? Do you understand now that in the next five years, if this fee structure holds, that SMU is going to lose more money than they made in the American over the next five years because of what they agreed to give up to join the ACC? 
It is a wild, wild financial swing. And I don't care how deep your pockets are in the consortium of boosters that you have. And I don't care how many of your guys are making millions of dollars in NIL. The collectives be damned. There's no way to make up these kinds of shortfalls. When you're in the college football playoff, and let's just fantasize somehow in the next two years that, hey, SMU is somehow winning the ACC and they're going to the college football playoff. And they're not going to get paid a penny to do so. And if they make the college football playoff and nobody else from the ACC makes the college football playoff, the ACC will not get rewarded a single penny for SMU's appearance there. Um, it's wild, wild to me that the ACC continues to put itself in a position where they are simply reacting instead of being proactive, making smart, measured decisions. They're being reactive and continuing to blow their feet off. Like, again, I look at this situation with Florida State. Florida State, very much the same. You cannot be reacting to logical rule process following that kept Florida State out of the college football playoff. Because today, like, like the executive director of the college football playoff, Bill Hancock, said today, we got it right. Nobody questions the four best teams in the country competed for the college football playoff, and the champion will be decided tonight with the two best teams in the country. <clears throat> they got it right. Yet we have death threats and state money and lawsuits. There's no way to look at the ACC and say, this is pure incompetence. The way you've let Florida State run roughshod over this conference, the way you expanded and devalued your brand, which again, I'm happy to stick my hand up in the air and say, I told you so. Thanks. You devalued yourself when you took Stanford, Cal, and SMU on a discount because you said, hey, we're bringing in teams that just aren't worth a full share. That's what you said. And why did you see how you did that? Well, we have to secure our flanks because we know that FSU is trying to get out of the conference. You're weak and you devalued yourself financially. 100%. That's and, why you are and, where you are. And, and I think that, again, one way or the other, this conference is going to change in terms of who's in it and who's not, one way or another. And, and again, I've been steadfast that there's no break in that grant of rights. We told you that that thing is, is as lock-solid as lock-solid gets. But when you start playing around with devaluing your brand, Man. that kind of changes the conversation. And so that's why I say, you know, SMU, like, you better do well in basketball, bro. We can stop talking about football now because it just doesn't matter anymore. Basketball is where you're going to make your bread. Isn't that wild? Right? And, and so I look at the ACC and I say, okay, the ACC is next on the chopping block because the other three are solid. The Big 12 is solid. The Big Ten is very solid, and the SEC got better with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. And I think the hard part about SMU is everybody keeps talking about, oh, they've got boosters, and they've got a collective. But who's going to keep boosting a program that has no financial future and no, no way to vest themselves? Like, you, if you're SMU, do you understand that you – you quite literally have no way to make money in college football. Let that sink in. So we can sit here and talk about, well, Jimmy, the uh, oil tycoon, he's going to take care of SMU. Okay, that's great. 
But how do you recoup the money you're never going to make? Because Jimmy, the oil guy, and Johnny, the car guy, you can have 50 of those dudes. And when you're not making $6 million a year on the college football playoff, when you're losing a minimum of $12 million on football alone, how are you any different than Arizona? Because do you think Arizona has boosters? They do. How are you any different than any of these other poverty universities that just can't fund athletics anymore? Thanks. And I'm just going to keep asking, at what point does winning at the highest level for SMU matter? Because remember what I said when, oh, we're going to dominate the ACC. Okay, so you didn't dominate the American. Didn't go to the college football playoff as, you know, a G5. Didn't win the conference. Didn't run people over. So I'm just asking for a friend, at what point do we believe that SMU starts winning big football games? When do they start competing with Clemson? Certainly Florida State. Never. Who's a better football program right now, Duke or, or SMU? Duke is Duke. We'll find out. But at what point does winning games on the field become a, a, a matter of financial viability? Yeah, I just think that in college football, winning is not, there's not enough priority put on winning overall. I mean, I, I again, it's the, it's the Calford situation. I, I don't care that you're really smart in the classroom at Stanford. Nobody cares. That's great. And that's awesome. And that's again, great. But when we're talking about paying for your athletic department, that ain't helping you dude. And, and to me, I just, if you're the ACC, I hope you paid attention to the PAC 12 situation. Cause you're three years, four years of not making money away well, from that. I was that. just going to say, you, you did you not just watch the Pac-12 meltdown because you made really because they made really stupid business decisions? You just cost yourself a, a twelve million dollars, bro. Are, are are you not paying attention? Apparently not. I mean, that's those who do not learn lessons from the past. What's going to happen? They're going to fail. Based on the fact that they didn't learn lessons from the past, yes. they are doomed to fail in the future, man. Yes, uh, it's it's remarkable to me that the the ACC. Mm. Sean Rollins has been a member of the show for a month, and he gifts five Monty Show members. Go, baby. Go. Let's go. Appreciate that. Um. Delaric says after the last play of the New Orleans game, that may be open due to the coach losing control of his players. Well, I would fire Dennis Allen. I would. I'd absolutely fire Dennis Allen. Uh, about one hour away from the start of the college football playoff. We'll get back to that after we get your comments on SMU. Bryce Martin, SMU literally bringing in a handful of people in Dallas and has no reach across the straight you, state. You are uh, getting hardly reach from them. And we we had this debate, and Bryce, I think you spearheaded this debate on our show. Like, you're not Baylor. Are you Houston? Are you? I don't think you're Houston. Are you? You're not TCU. You're not Texas. Yeah. You're not Tech. You're not Tech at all. Are you Rice? You're probably Rice. You're probably Rice, because you're not. This whole thing about. Oh, the ACC now has a pipeline to Dallas. Really? I don't know if you heard, but the guys in Austin, I think that's the pipeline. And after that, Texas belongs to the Big 12. I'm for real. And you can, ah, oh, but Monty, what about College Station, bro? What about it? 
What about it? Well, the SEC in the Omni Hotel. No, that'd be Texas. And the other thing that I think is fascinating, who's got more pull in the state of Texas? Oklahoma as a recruiting body or SMU? Come on. Oh, I know. That's a sacrilege. But I think it's also a fact. Could be wrong. Big Daddy Magic. Oh, boy. Let me guess. This is the Josh Allen's the best. We're winning the Super Bowl take. SMU needs to have Victor Week. That's 1.9 billion money gap. That must be it. Are you ready to admit that Josh Allen is a complete fraud as a, as a star quarterback in this league? The guy turns the football over like... And again, we we have... So for those of you who don't know, Big Daddy Magic, the official Monty Show ambassador, who just as a matter of like it's his job, defends Victor Wambin, your mama, and Josh Allen like his life depends on it. Victor's the way. And I've defended Josh Allen for a good part of this season. You can't defend the turnovers last night. No. That throw in in the end zone was a horrendous decision. No idea what you're looking at. Throwing the ball up in the air and then claiming that your receiver, Gabe Davis, fell down because he was tripped. And then, well, it turns out he tripped on himself and injured himself, actually. Did he make plays to win the game? Yes. Was Josh Allen impressive last night? No. No, he wasn't. And Buffalo, hey, I think it's great you got into the the postseason tournament. I think that's huge. You probably wish you had missed out because you're not going to win a Super Bowl, and you probably would have changed your head coach if you didn't get in. Yeah, no doubt. No question about it. And again, maybe, and you guys correct me, and I'm sure you will with great veracity if I'm wrong. But just explain to me, why is Sean McDermott the right guy to lead the Buffalo Bills? Because that team is built around what? A team's built around a quarterback. What is Sean McDermott? An offensive genius, right? Uh, Actually, he's not. He's a defensive guy. He is a defensive coordinator by trade. He is a quality control guy. So he's an analyst and a defensive guy. You need an offensive guy there. Yeah. It just, it is what it is. Yet, no. No, we're not going to, we're going to, yeah, no. It's fine. We're not, we're not going to do that. Um, James for $5 SMU has a really good young quarterback in stone. They just won the AC between the stadium improvement (laughs) SMU stadium, bro. Do you really think, and and I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. Do you really think that SMU is going to go into the ACC in, in the next two years making no money? Do you really think they're going to spend a ton of money? Because they're already doing that on travel. Because they're only going in one direction. So do you really think they're going to, you know, SMU is going to have success long term? How can we say that? And if you're basing that on a quarterback, your quarterback's there two years if he's good. I just don't know what you're looking at, man. It's it, Yeah, sure. They improve the stadium. Great. What good is it if you never win ball games? That's the point. That's the thing that I struggle with. What is the point? And basing, and again, I just look at, I look at their losses. Who did SMU lose to this year? 11 and three, eight, no one conference. They lost to Boston College, Oklahoma, and TCU. TCU in a down year. 
And so I just asking for a friend and I know Preston Stone is an amazing quarterback who completes 59% of his passes. You're, you're competing, you're completing 59% of your passes. And I would also point out he's going to be a junior. So what is it about Preston Stone that you've seen in his one year, really? This is his first year as a full-time starter. He's going to be a fourth-year junior next year. Averages 10 yards a completion, but 59%. Um, what is it that you see out of SMU where you're like, they're going to be fine long-term? You Nobody's fine long-term with talent that you're not going to be able to compete for the best talent because you're not out recruiting. And again, asking for a friend, yep. which P5 university in the state of Texas is SMU going to out recruit? Because I got news for you. Your boy Preston Stone is not a five-star recruit that just is tearing it up. Like I'm a realist and James I, I have no, I have no qualms with you, man. But this is that, like these kind of comments, you cannot back them up. You're selling yourself on a stadium renovation, bro. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything, with all due respect. There's no way, yeah, to look at SMU, who will get zero financial distributions from their conference and the TV deal. So no media rights, no money distribution for a minimum of two years on the distribution part. I'm just asking that on its own cripples 99% of universities. Yes. But donors. okay. They have incredible donors and boosters. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how are they going to, so are they, those, those boosters are going to make up for, for what you think every year for the next how many years? Okay, I could see boosters and donors making up $12 million. But are they also then on top of that $12 million? They're going to give you exponentially, they're going to give you $40 million more million. So now every year, it's about $50 million that your boosters have to make up. Times 12. With the ACC grant of rights you agree to. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking... You got to put some sense into this. You're talking about a kid in the AAC who can't complete 60% of his passes. Whereas I look at any of the quarterbacks tonight. And again, I know this is common sense and it's going to piss some people off. What do you, and just off the top of your head, I'm asking you, what do you think Michael Penix's completion percentage is? 70 plus has to be. 63.6, 66.7 this year. And significant growth when he got to a better program. 35 touchdowns. Okay, well, he's he is the best quarterback in the country. Okay. What did Alan Bowman have? What about, well, hang on. What about, what about Free Harbaugh? Let's look at Free Harbaugh's numbers. Average quarterback by anybody's estimations who completes 73% of his passes does not turn the football over 22 and four. Okay, Alan Bowman. 
If you look at Alan Bowman, what do you think Alan Bowman completes for for his his completion percentage? 61. 70% in 2019. 70%. 2019 or 2018, 69%. Man, he's a good quarterback. Until you get to 2023 when he completed 60% of his passes, 15 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. You can't have a mediocre quarterback. He's no Mason Rudolph, but he was your starter this year. I want more. So, (laughs) yeah, that's probably true, Johnny. Today, James is the official mayor of Trigger Monty. I'm tired. (laughs) Trigger Mike. I'm I'm a little I'm a little tired of the nonsensical. Well, SMU's fine. Look at this beautiful new stadium. Did you see that new hot dog roller Just they have on the on the on the main concourse? That hot dog roller puts out the most consistent hot dogs. Nice meat. How does that help you win games? And by the way, winning games doesn't matter anymore after today. Just ask him. Good luck. Ask him for a friend. Good luck. Uh, James says Preston Stoney has 3,197 total yards, 28 touchdowns, six interceptions, and a 71 QBR. <laughs> so what is and and I'm only I, see again. I know it's common sense. I'm only looking at his P5 opponents because that's who he's going to play. He's not playing Jimmy's Texaco Station gas. <laughs> dude, it's directional Alabama. Come on, he's not playing dude. direct. He's not playing directional Mississippi State. What about Chattanooga? Chattanooga Technical Institute of Freon Installation. Poughkeepsie State. Now he's going to have to play Florida State. Now he's going to, well, that's the only team in that conference. We've graduated from Bishop Sycamore. Now, here's the other thing, too. And and I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. But did, did you guys see the transfer quarterback that Miami got? Did anybody anybody notice that? Because they got a guy that can legitimately throw the football. And I know, I know that people are like, well, Monty, I don't want to hear about the transfer portal. But if you are, if you're SMU, boy, boy, <laughs> if you're SMU, why aren't you in the portal looking for a quarterback? Oh, that's right. You are, but nobody wants to play for you because you're never going to win a game. That's in in those are the conversations when we talk about these quarterbacks and you guys don't give a shit about this, but when we talk about these quarterbacks, that's how my mind works. Okay, well, okay, this kid's at SMU and they just won the AAC. Now they played your mom's knitting circle most weeks. Well, let's see what their non-com was like. Their non-com was not. They got their ass kicked in non-com. Well, now, now they're coming over. Now every week is non-con. Okay, that's not good. That's not good. Right? But if we if we look at if we look at Miami, the Canes of Hurricane. Yeah. And they are they're in absolute disarray. Mario Cristobal, I think, and Jake has said this many, many times. Yeah. He, he, like you're 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 terrible. Mario no, Cristobal person. is probably not a good coach. Garbage. But Reese Poppenbarger is a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know who that is, and here's, again, why I tell you, stop talking to me about star ratings. This kid was a 2.4 coming out of high school. 
And when you look at Reese Poffenbarger. Nice name, Slick. How do you take a guy from, or excuse me, Albany? My bad. Oh. He went to the Albany Institute of Muffler Repair. My bad. How do you make the decision to take Reese Poffenbarger? <laughs> well, here, let me explain to you why. Maybe it's because Homie Cat this year threw for 36 touchdowns. Now he had 13 interceptions. But the guy throws the football all over the damn field. And when you watch his tape, you don't care about his like low completion percentage. Perfect example. He's a low, he's a 60% completion guy. But what do you see? Well, he's at Albany. He clearly, you can coach his mechanics. That's the first thing that jumps off the tape at you. His mechanics are average at best. He's a big time step and throw guy. Well, now if I make him a pivot thrower and there's no doubt Cristobal can coach and he's got a good coaching staff. They just are terrible in games. But you look at this guy's numbers and he threw the, 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 his highlights jump off the page at you. So when we talk about throwing out stats, and I'm happy to do that. Forget the stats. What are we judging people on then? I judge if we're not gonna, if we're gonna throw out stats, you better have tape that just jumps off. Like you better just have holy crap. You better have I'm the real. Does our guy Stony Boy at SMU have great tape? He does not. Stony Boy. He does not have great tape. And the only tape that matters uh, is what they did. Like if you go back to the TCU game, and they were never really in the TCU game. If we're being honest, 16 of 35, 258, and two interceptions. Obviously not. And I I will I will point out, okay, well, TCU, decent defense, right? No, not a great defense. Colorado beat TCU. 258 passing, right? You can't turn the ball over, which they did. You, you can't have more time of possession and get doubled up by TC. That's pretty much self-explanatory. So now you're not efficient against good teams. Anyway, good job, James. You completely <laughs> triggered me. They know reset. You know, it is. I guess it is what it is. It's fine. All right. We're 30 minutes away from the national championship game. Jake, I'm at 31-24 on this game. Um, I think... I think that's as far as I can go. And this is after I hit a buck shot. Right. Hour number three of the Monty Show presented by our good friends at Bucked Up, buckedup.com. Whoo. See, I have all kinds of energy today because I hit my buck shot. So I got my 200 milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine, a bunch of brain food. And <clears throat> yes, I will humble brag for a minute. It was awesome to step on the scale today and, and be five pounds lighter. And a lot of that certainly is I am working out six days a week now. Uh, it was freezing cold this morning here in the great state of Jitta. So we worked out in the home gym, did arms today, burned 500 calories. But I'm sleeping better. I'm eating better. And my workouts are better because I'm using bucked up pre-workout. My energy levels are higher because I'm sleeping better because my workouts are better because I'm using pre-workout. I use their whey protein. I use their collagen peptides. And again, I am begging you, my friends. James, you absolutely need. I'm worried about the way the system's working. You seem a little perturbed lately. Get creatine. Get on creatine. 
I'm, whether you work out or not, creatine should be an everyday staple in your in your diet. And if you are not supplementing your creatine, if you're 30 or older and you're not supplementing creatine, you're missing out because it's great for your brain. It's great for your muscles. All of us that use creatine on a daily basis, every single day, it's the first supplement I take. I'm telling you, it's a difference maker. I use six-point creatine from Bucked Up. Get to buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty. Save yourself 20% off at checkout. Yes, I am thrilled. Yes, Gumby, whey protein. I'm thrilled to be back in shape. It feels so good to be, like I put on a, a vest that I had not put on for a while. Big. I loved it. And the funny thing is, Mrs. Monty and I have some legitimate fitness goals this year, mainly because I want to be a better golfer. Um, but just to 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 go to the barber the other day, my guy Jay Tapa telling me, I he, he like, hey, you look you look good, you look like you've been working out. Like to have people that I haven't talked to in a while see me and say, hey, it looks like you've lost weight because I have, man. And to be sleeping better, what were we doing? Talking to somebody today that talked about how, hey, man. My spouse snores and it drives me crazy. Lose weight. Be healthier. We've talked about snoring on the show a lot. Lose weight. I don't snore really ever anymore. And it's because I've lost weight. I'm in better shape. I'm healthier. Thanks to my friends at Bucked Up. Hook it up, buckedup.com. Um, Jack says, me when let me know when they have seven-point creatine. Well, there are only six different kinds of creatine. So I'm a you know what's impressive? My wife using creatine and work lifting weights every day. Dude, she is a, a an ox right now. That girl is so strong. We were doing curl stains. She's like, yeah, I just don't feel anything. <laughs> you know, you get to that point when you've been curling and you're just not feeling anything. And I'm like, well, you, you know, try pivoting your wrist a little bit. And I'm over here curling 15 pounds sitting on a yoga ball. And I'd done a bunch. We have a Bowflex and a bunch of, you know, I, dude, are, Michigan, you, are you okay, dude? We have a bunch of like both. I'm going to block my vision. We have a bunch of, we have both flax and we have a bunch of bands and stuff that we use and dumbbells. And I'm sitting over here dying, sitting on a yoga ball at 15 pounds. It's just like, yeah, these 10 pounders are just too light for me. You wow. know, Gumby fresh out. I saw uncle and Ms. Monty working out on the gram. I felt inspired. Let's get it, dude. Let's get it, man. It's so important. It is so, so important. Capazzo says Huskies 38, Cheaters 24. I you, I'm, I will tell you again. I am no OG Gary, not correct. With all due respect, my guy. If any of you decide to go on creatine, make sure you drink a lot of water. Otherwise, there will be issues. That's not correct. So if you are somebody that uses creatine as an athletic supplement, a football player, a basketball player, I also baseline, you should be drinking enough water. So many people don't drink water and I don't get it. If you are somebody that is using creatine for athletic ability, you need, absolutely, you need to drink more fluids. You need to be hydrated. It's not necessarily water. Creatine draws water into the muscle, makes it. Creatine does not dehydrate you. And I think this is one of those myths that a lot of people are like, oh man, you don't have to drink um, a ton of water. Otherwise you'll have issues. The issue is that creatine creatine uses water inside of your muscle. 
so that your muscle has more de dexterity. It naturally, because creatine is naturally occurring in your body, it makes the muscle work more effectively. So you can move more weight, you can have more dexterity, you can have more explosiveness. But I am somebody that believes, hey, if you're a 50, 60-year-old and you're you're not a workout guy, whatever, you should be taking a scoop of creatine every single day for brain, heart, and nervous system health. Like every single day. And I'm also somebody who believes you should not, you should not be drinking soda. I think soda is the death of people. Yeah. But no, I disagree with Gary. He's a Michigan fan. He thinks he knows everything. It's he fine. is. He absolutely is. Uh, back to this. Um, Huskies 38, cheaters 24. I can't get off of the score of 31-24 Michigan. And I think the only chance that Washington has to win this game, and if it's 38-24 Washington, it would have to be a shootout. And you would have to turn Michigan over. Because I think Washington's Achilles heel is their run defense. And I also think that you are going to get a steady diet of runs from Michigan because they want to control the clock. So I would, I am obviously, I am not a Jim Harbaugh guy. I I would love to see Washington win this game. Mm -hmm. I just don't see if, if you look at this game matchup to matchup, which I believe you have to do to predict games correctly. I don't see how, I don't see how Washington wins this game unless Michael Penix is just flawless and this Michigan secondary gets chewed up and exposed as overrated. Mm -hmm. That's the only because you're going to need big plays. You're going to need you're going to need that play where Michael Penix has 4 5 6 seconds in the pocket to throw the football. And how are you going to get that against these these Michigan D linemen in their front seven? They they're so effective with their safeties. Their pre-snap deception defensively is the best in the country. I don't know how you get that. I, I I just if you're Washington, I don't know. Yeah, I think that that while all of that is true, I I think if you're gonna go with the matchup argument, Washington has the edge in the most important matchup in the game, and that's the quarterback. And I think that that yeah, I believe in Michigan's defensive line. Absolutely, that's going to be a problem tonight. And and again, if we're going to rave about their defensive line, we need to rave about the offensive line of Washington. It's the best offensive line in the country. And that's yeah. where I think when I'm watching this game, I'm not concerned about Michigan on offense. Michigan on offense is probably a 24 to 27 point offense on the regular. They're an average offense that can run the ball really well. You know what you're getting on offense. The game will be decided Washington's offense against Michigan's defense. If Washington gives Penix three and a half seconds, Michigan's losing this game. If Mich if Michigan's getting home and they have three, four sacks tonight, Michigan's going to win the game. And it really, to me, is that simple. I think that guys like McMillan and Adunzi need to have big nights. Absolutely. But what's going to help them have a big night? The idea that Michael Penix Jr. can outthrow anybody's secondary, and I don't care how far away you start from the line of scrimmage at the play. He's going out throw. Yeah, and I, I think the the difference with Michigan is Washington hasn't seen the physical talent that Michigan brings to the defensive front. They just haven't. And as somebody that watches as much Pac-12 football, I think, as anybody used to, I, I'm a huge believer in Kyle Whittingham and his defenses. They don't have the size or the prowess that Michigan has. Um, I think arguably the second-best defense in the 
in the Pac-12 was UCLA. UCLA is is only about three quarters as physical as Michigan. You look at the Oregon states. You look at the better defenses. Oregon, obviously, none of them are are as close to as as physical and as I don't know if the word is determined, but just on a mission to hurt you physically, like that Michigan front four. And the way that they disguise pre-snap, I think, is unlike any other defensive front I've seen mm-hmm. probably in the last three years. Their, their pre-snap disguise, Michigan, is elite. You don't know who's coming and who's going. They have the ability to drop D linemen into to five-yard coverages so they can blitz safeties, and those safeties are not coming through the A-gaps. They're coming through the B and the C-gap clean. Because the D linemen win their battles. So you can't chip and block. And the other thing here, obviously, Johnson's going to have to be healthy because perhaps his biggest thing is what he does on his way out to the route. Or if he, obviously, if they're in pass pro, he's going to have to pick up the blitzer. And I think we saw very, very clearly Alabama was not able to do that. Nope. Alabama's front was completely overwhelmed. Well, Washington's got a much better offensive line than Alabama I does. I think Washington has better athletes outside than Alabama does. Oh, there's there's no question that this is the biggest test Michigan's defense has seen this year. I I and I am not going to sit here and and try to convince you that Michigan is in totality a better defense than we've believed. I think their secondary has never been tested to this level and it will be tested. My biggest question is if you drop into coverage and let's say, because I don't think you can zone up Washington, Michael Penix will chew your ass up. But the question is, if you man Washington, can your defense get home in three seconds? Because he's a whole game that he's a get rid of the football guy. Literally. And I think that Jalen Polk is as important as ever tonight. Because I don't even think whether it was McCord, Tonga Vailoa at Maryland, like you haven't seen. You haven't seen this dynamic if you're Michigan's defense, which tells me they're going to do the exact goddamn thing they've been doing all year, which is trying to knock people's teeth down their throat so they can't pass pro. Yeah, yeah. No, Can I they agree. do it? I agree. And I and again, I that, that's why I just say like, I don't know. I my instincts say Washington's got 35 points in them tonight. I truly well, then they're going to win running away. Well, they'll we'll, win if they if if I'm telling you now. If Washington scores 35 points, it would be 35-21. I, I think I something was else, something I would, like that. Yeah, I was thinking like 35-27, something, something in that neck of the woods, either way. But I really I I go back to the Alabama game and the things that the thing that really stands out to me, and I'm not taking anything away from Michigan's defense because it's a hell of a defense. I don't mm. feel like Alabama played a great offensive game. And I'm expecting an elite offensive game out of Washington. Well, and that's the thing if you're a Michigan fan that concerns you because if you go back to the Alabama game, Alabama just couldn't execute. And throw the snaps out. Jalen Milrow had no time to operate. But he also doesn't have half the offensive line that Washington does. And I I think that this is, again, the worst core of wide receivers we've seen in a decade at Alabama. And Jalen Milrow is only probably 60% of the quarterback, maybe, that Michael Penix is. Think of just the confidence that Michael Penix has in his guys. Understanding, okay, I, you know, like coming into this game, Michael Penix knows he cannot hold the football 
a long time tonight. He well, it's knows. just continuity. Yeah. Jalen Milrow hasn't been the starter the last two years and hasn't performed at an elite level. When you are a Doonesy, Jalen Polk, like pick your guy. McMillan. You're going to run the route hard because you know the football is going to be there because you've been together. You're going to run the break. You're going to put your foot in the ground with veracity to get inside because you know the football is going to be there. Are you going to be there? You're damn right you are because it's a difference between winning and losing the game. Jalen Milrow has no relationship with his wide receivers, not close to that level because they just haven't been in the huddle together. And I, I just think Alabama, skill position-wise, was wildly untalented. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say, again, I, I'm going to take Washington, 35-27. That's my pick. But I'm going to keep saying this because this is the last year we're going to see college football in this way. No matter who you're a fan of, appreciate this game. From a Pac-12 standpoint, from a great matchup standpoint, yep. this is what we deserve. You're not getting you know, Bama, Georgia for a national championship game this year. You're not getting just SEC run-of-the-mill stuff. This is a different type of ball game, and I think you need to appreciate it because Jim's going to be gone after this game. Penix is going to be gone after this game. You know, everything changes after this game comes to an end, and I think we need to appreciate that. Jack Westover is a name you need to know tonight because if Michigan is is truly going to – if you're a, a Dub fan, if Michigan's going to struggle, it will be covering the tight end because they will be so fixated on the outside with those wide receivers. Yeah. That to me, that's that's where this game is. And I look at Jack Westover and to be six for fifty nine with a, that nineteen yard catch was huge against Texas. Um, I, I, he does not, and this is why I think he's so important. He does not have to catch a touchdown to help them win the game. Because if he's catching passes, if he's getting six catches a game, the outside's going to be open. But think about it. You're in third and seven. They got you locked up in the secondary, and this guy's eight yards down the field ready for the football. I mean, that's the kind of role he's going to play tonight. And if they're completing that, they're going to win the ball game. Absolutely. And again, the other question, can you run the football if you are Washington? How healthy is Dylan Johnson? And they're talking about him taking 90% of the snaps in practice. Uh, on Saturday, that's great. Does that get him through the first quarter? And what happens when he takes that first punishing hit? Because he will take him. And you watch, you you mark my words, his first carry, where will he be tackled? He will be tackled on the shins. He will not be tackled waist high. They're going to go low on him because that is his weakness. Yep. That is his weakness. And I don't know, I, I want to, I can't find a way to pick Washington to win this game. I just think it's too difficult, man. I think it's it's too steep of a of a hill to climb. And I think 31-24 Michigan, it feels like the right score to me. If 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 I'm wrong about that, it'll be the first team to 30 that wins. First team to 30 wins. Yeah. Uh Bryce Martin says, no way, Jake. Okay. Uh, he doesn't agree with you. Is that true, Marcus? The game's not in 4K. What are you talking about? Well, that's crazy. Harry Austin, Washington has played the much tougher schedule. That matters too. Sure it does. Sure it does. But I think we saw, listen, guys, at this time of the year, everybody is tested. You don't get to the college football playoff final not tested. We saw a very good performance out of Michigan against Alabama. A very good performance. Yeah, we did. And they were clearly the better team. 
Clint, the thing that worries me about like Washington, you can't run into the to the kick return. How stupid was that play? Washington in a the biggest three minutes of their lives blew their feet off and kept Texas in that game. Blew their feet off. Like, what were you doing? What were you thinking? You lost your composure in a mm. huge moment. Yeah. That's what worries me about this game. That's what worries me. Uh, if I am SMU, dude, <laughs> James, catch up. Um, however, Michigan hasn't played a guy who can throw those tight windows like Penix. Big Penix energy, man. Stay hard. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it truly is. That's why I go back to this. Keep it simple. The game's going to be decided. Michigan's defensive line versus Michael Penix Jr. in that offensive line. It's that simple. If they're getting home, Michigan wins this ball game. If he's got three, three and a half, or if he's got the ability to roll out to his left, you're going to be in deep trouble in that secondary. I'm telling you, man, you cannot allow this guy to get a look because if he's got a look and he's comfortable, it's uh, he's going to make the throw. He's just shown us that repeatedly. What's the prize pick number? And I should have looked at this. The prize pick number. On Michael Penix, because I never finalized. It's got to be 300 plus. Damn, I never finalized my uh, prize picks for today. I had him in the cart and didn't hit final. 296 and a half. I think you got to go over that number. Yeah. If you think they're going to win. The interesting one, that's what it was. J.J. McCarthy, 203 yards. J.J. McCarthy at 203 has only surpassed that one time, and it was against Bama. I think you're, you're, I think. You're you're less on McCarthy. I think you're probably man. Three hundred does does big Penix energy throw for three hundred yards? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Because it well, yeah. I, he's gonna have to if they're gonna win. So I'm Blake Corum, yes. one hundred and six yards and a half, more or less. I'm, I'm not taking less. that one. I'm taking Blake Corum for twenty two fantasy points. Ooh. Okay. He's hit that uh, three out of his last five games. And he hit it against Bama, who yes. is not nearly, uh, or whose run defense is better than Washington's run defense. So, yeah, I'm taking that. Okay. Get in the link below. Click the prize picks link in the description below. Use the promo code Monty to get 100% deposit matching right now. Download the prize picks app, promo code Monty. I went Michael Penix more than 296, Blake Corum less than 106 and a half. And I took uh, free Harbaugh, 203 passing yards less. That's where I went. Going Penix, more than 296 and a half. Okay. Blake Corm, more than 22 fantasy points. Jalen Polk, more than four receptions. Prize picks, the official fantasy uh, or daily fantasy partner of the Monty Show. Download the uh, app, you guys. It's so much fun with baseball coming. NBA is great on prize picks. NFL playoffs are phenomenal. Put in 10 bucks, and they'll give you $10 more. You can play with $20 for weeks at a time. Uh, Joseph Harper, our guy Joseph Harper, 6-0 and over the weekend. Oh, boy. On prize picks. Dominating. We have so many of our viewers that are winning big dollars on prize picks. Hook it up in the description below. Use the promo code Monty to get 100% deposit matching right now. Uh, prize picks, the official daily fantasy partner of the Monty Show. We're going to let you go a little early today because we're kicking off here in a minute. Uh, enjoy the game. ACC officials, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter, The Monty Show. Join the membership. Get into the members-only Instagram chat. We'll be live chatting tonight during the game. Until tomorrow, 3124 Michigan. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.